Sup heroes, it's Kevin from Get Life Podcast Kunai, and as usual, I'm joined by Bish. Sup. And our boy Joe. Do not worry, because I am no, that, no. here! Get the f- that was such a bad- no, no, we're- <sighs> Bruh, you can't compare yourself to All Might. What? That's it, man. No, he is All Might. Joe is secretly All Might? He's secretly All Might. All Might! How are we not sure that he is? He could be. Yeah, but as you guys can see, we are all here today to cover, honestly, one of the episodes that I've been quite hyped for a while now. It is My Hero Academia, also known as Boku no Hero. But before we get into the thick of the conversation, Joe, do you mind telling our new listeners what we're all about? For you new folks, Get Alive Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get Alive group. Due to the nature of this discussion, we can't avoid spoilers of the show to be discussed. For those shows that are based off an existing piece of work, whether it's a manga, light novel, or some other media form, we're not going to be covering the source material. So don't worry about that. We can be found on Stitcher, Apple Podcast Store, and Google Play, and also now... We're on Spotify. If you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch and make an episode of on Kunai, send us your suggestion on our Twitter page at Get a Life Podcast or by leaving us a review in one of those platforms. Just in addition to that, if you want to watch this anime and keep up to date with what we watch on Kunai, you can support us by signing up for a 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium. For everything anime, crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai. You can also support us by checking out our other sponsor, which is Loot Anime. Go to lootcrate.com forward slash kunai. Additionally, you can get 10% off new subscriptions if you apply the code kunai at checkout. I also want to announce one other thing before we continue on to Kevin. We've recently partnered with Japan Crate. Japan Crate is this awesome service where each month, you get Japanese snacks straight from Japan. I believe this month's theme is Pac-Man. So if you're a big fan of Pac-Man or in general, if you like Japanese sweets and candy and drinks and such, go and check them out. If you go to our link, getalifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate, that's one word, and you use our code G-A-L-P, that's G-A-L-P, at checkout, you get yourself $3 off. And guess what? You support the show. I believe this month, like I said, is Pac-Man. You're going to get a lot of Pac-Man merchandise. You also get a digital code for the arcade version of Pac-Man. That's really awesome. They're going above and beyond to give you more for your money. So, like I said, it is someone that we did work with in the past. You may have seen our Dagashi Kashi episode where we did that. So expect more stuff like that. Expect giveaways each month. We're actually going to be giving away this Pac-Man crate. So if you also go to getlifepodcast.com forward slash win, all the details will be there for your chance to win that month's crate. You know, if you don't win, make sure you just sign up for the crate. It is pretty awesome. And uh, we will be getting the crates as well. And we'll be posting them on our website. So even if you a bit hesitant you can go and check our posts on our website and on our instagram at get life podcast check and see what it's all about if you want to go in jump in use that code g-a-l-p for three dollars off i think that's the really awesome thing for you guys to do but we like i said we will be doing some awesome stuff in the future with japan crate and obviously with kunai and with gap so stay tuned for that kevin 
Alright, so as you guys know, My Hero Academia, known in Japan as Boku no Hero Academia, is a shonen action anime based off of the manga written by Kuhei Hirokoshi and illustrated by Hirofumi Neda. It first aired during the spring season of 2016 and it ran for 13 episodes. The show is produced by Studio Bones and is directed by Kenji Nagasaki. And the show's original score was composed by Yuki Hayashi. Now guys, uh, I want to know what your first impressions were of the show, or I guess in your case, Joe, and in my case as well, uh, what you thought re-watching the first season, you know, the second time, or you know, third time, right? What you guys first think when you watch the first few episodes of My Hero Academia? Sure. Um, I'll be honest with you, when, when watching this anime i think the main motiv motivation for watching um i don't know there was there was the hype behind it and i didn't want to watch it at first i was very reluctant and but i after watching it i felt that you know this is why the show i originally many years back i purchased a manga and i still have it to this day I haven't even read it because i just didn't want to get into my hero academia i didn't want to get into the hype of it i only bought it because it was on sale and i thought okay this might be cool right um, so I know that's a really harsh thing to say, Damn, but I was okay. just, I'm an anime hipster. So I don't watch what people are watching. <laughs> the fact that I've, I've watched it, I've watched My Hero Academia how many years after its original release, it's, it's incredible. But that's not the anime's fault, right? Because if I remember correctly, you didn't watch Attack on Titan when it first came no, out either, no. did you? I, neither did Free. Yeah, like, I, mean, I didn't watch any of these shows mm -hmm. when they came out because it's just... The hype has died down, right? Pretty, I mean, pretty much. Then again, the hype has never really died down for, for MHA. It, it hasn't, no. Bitch had to watch it because I was like, yo, we're doing a recording. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Kevin. I didn't want to watch this anime because of the hype surrounding it. I was like, nope, I'm not watching it, nope. But to, to be fair, Bish, if you wanted to wait for the hype to die down for MHA, like, you'd have to watch it on your deathbed, right? Like, let's be real. Pro it's MHA. Probably, man. Um, but the... the I don't know. The first impression of the show made, it was very natural. It made me feel that I was Deku. Like, I, I, I felt the connection to Deku very early on. Because, you know, he has no quirks when everyone else has a quirk. And I feel like that. I feel that by not having a quirk, I, I feel like it didn't stop him from pursuing his dream. And it felt like this underdog story from the get-go. And I love underdog stories because it's like everyone's saying to him, look... Everyone's against him, but he's saying, no, nah, man, I'm against you guys. I'm against the world. And it, it's very, I don't know, it, it just drew me in. Deku drew me in. And I know a lot of people, from speaking to a lot of people, a lot of people don't like Deku, but that's, anyway, it's, it's Real? at what? least from, what? from the people that. What people have you been speaking what? to, man? <laughs> you know, there's this guy I'm going to call you out on the podcast, Darrow. I don't know why you don't like Deku. Oh, damn. Darrow. Okay. Darrow. I, I never gave this guy a shout out. Like, there's a guy I used to work with, and he's really cool, by the way. But he, he doesn't like Deku. Anyway, so I, the okay. idea of the underdog story kind of drew me in. And I felt this emotional connection. And it kind of reminded me of the relationship I had with my dad. So that's what kept me drawing on. I wanted to know how him and All Might would, would work out and, and things like that. And that's that's what kept me in. It was that emotional connection that kept me in oh. to watching the show. So was it the, the original premise of the, the heroes and stuff that drew you in? Or was it more so specifically Deku as a character, as an underdog and you know, his relationship with All Might as a mentor that, that uh, really got you. Like, would you have watched it, continued with it, if it was the same characters in a different setting? 
I'll be honest with you, if it was the same characters in a different setting, I would have loved it. It's it's for me, this show really relies on its characters. I don't necessarily care whether or not it's a superhero anime. Like I didn't care. I didn't I wasn't interested in that because there are much I don't know, I've seen a lot of superhero anime, like you know, Tiger and Bunny, and I've seen a lot of like I've read a lot of comics and stuff, so I, I pretty in my in yeah, in my life, I'm kind of used to it, and I, I feel like it's oh, overdone. So you're kind of used to it already. Uh, you know, especially with the X-Men. This is this is kind of like the X-Men in the sense that mm. it's a school for people with powers. And Do you see what I mean? So, mm. it, it, yeah, it, it was oh, very so like generic. Was it was like very cliche to the point, but I felt that the characters brought it out of that, and that's what made me hooked on to this anime, and that that's my first impression. Joe, in what context did you get into, you know board the MHA hype, hype train like how'd you get introduced to it do you discover it on your own or is it you know do you get dragged into it by some friends oh, okay so actually it's just a little bit of a side story so I was playing uh I was playing Final Fantasy 14 it's like we're doing we're doing some content but like it, it turns to be very boring so like so like the friends I was talking to were like, you know, we should watch some anime while we like wait for certain things to to spawn. And then we, and then I don't remember how it went, but the conversation ended up going to My Hero Academia because that was like season two was was really hot. I, no, I think it was season three. Uh, like it was just really hot around that time. And uh, and then like I, t- I was t- we were talking about how like I never watched it before. Like I watched, I ended up watching it like around the time of, like the first season started mm-hmm. airing, but I wasn't like hooked on it so like i so my friends were like you know what we're we're, we're gonna do is we're gonna stop playing immediately and we're going to watch my hero academia together and so like i and then we decided you know i'm gonna like we're starting back at season one again and like we're gonna like we watch from scratch so like we watched a few first few episodes together and like i was just because i didn't remember anything about like when it originally aired so in a way, it was kind of okay. like watching it blind okay. all over again. And like after, like after watching those first few episodes, I'm like, you know, this is actually, this could actually be very interesting. So like, I I began to watch more of it on my own. And like, I just it was just it was okay. How is how am I gonna put this? Like, it was something that kind of made me feel very good because like again, I was like I was at a very like low point okay. in my life around that time like especially when it came Mm. to like college academics and like i was just kind of like in the slump but like just kind of seeing seeing deku like do like go from somebody who was completely quirkless to yeah like he like he was just seeing him like grow progressively throughout like the beginning of the first season like where he he got his power like he he showed like he had all this passion as like as like somebody who was com- for somebody who was completely quirkless and like just seeing him like slowly rise um like from like somebody who was just like who kind of just gave up to somebody who like who wanted to become the greatest hero it just felt good like just seeing deku as a character interact like interact with all might and develop his own like agenda it was inspiring and it made me it uplifted me all in right. ways like i can't really describe like, I'm not very not wearing this very well, but like I'll, like those fir- like after going through like those first few episodes again, I can say like for certain that right. like, so it, like, like it captured my heart. Know is that you said that uh, from correctly. The first time you watched on your own, it didn't really hook you, right? Did you watch the entire first season, or did you only take you know like a 
a sneak peek in the first few episodes because I want to know like you know well, no, I watched it when it was like airing oh okay so you're just like feeling it out okay so was it more yeah. so because you were watching with your you know your Final Fantasy 14 clanmates that got you into it was it because you know uh, you watched it in that particular moment of your life that gave you the motivation to continue to watch it like what made the difference the second time what was that what clicked in you and made you go like you know what this is my show like what changed honestly I, I i don't really know like it was kind of like maybe i just saw like the show progress mm-hmm. throughout like its third season and then i was like you know what this looks like something that got a lot more interesting so maybe i should give it a shot since like everyone else is like raving about it no no like i i get you i was watching a couple other shows around that time too so i guess i just ended up dropping it around along the way and i was like too busy to pick it up again um but like the second time like my friends were kind of like were were like building my interest in the show again this okay it sounds like it's gone very good and it sounds very hype so i'm gonna watch it again and i want because it, especially since i was watching it with them like it just kind of i like watching anime with my friends like it's mm-hmm. something i i love to do every opportunity i get and so i watch it and with my friends and it's just it feels a lot better like just i'm paying attention to stuff a little more too like i'm I'm paying attention to characters i'm like listening to the music like i'm i'm paying attention to these relationships and i i feel like it i came to appreciate it a lot more and so like that kind of motivated me to watch more of it i mean i can kind of relate to that too because like i mean i'm not gonna lie the first time i watched it like it wasn't like that it didn't click it's just the second time man like Maybe it's because I know I'm going to have a conversation about it with you guys, but just like, I was a lot more hyped. And you you notice things a second time, but you just don't appreciate in your first, uh, your first yeah, viewing. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's a show that you can really, especially the first season, since it's only 13 episodes, right? It takes like no time at all to, to rewatch it, right? So like just right. seeing it again, right? Noticing little, uh, <laughs> bad wording, but every little character's, you know, personal quirks, right? Their personalities and little... Little details, nice pun, right? That, it wasn't an intentional pun, but it was the first word that came to my mind, <laughs> right? Just seeing the little things that are added to each of the characters, right? Just makes it a joy to rewatch. Because uh, to, got, to give you guys a bit of context, right? On my first viewing, right? Honestly, I didn't really have any disdain towards it, but I was kind of like indifferent, like you, Joe. I was just like, okay, I guess that's the new shonen that, you know, the youngins are, <laughs> are, are watching nowadays, the right? Yeah. okay. You're not, you're not that I'm old. Not that guy. old. I you was like, you don't have the right to say that. It's a new generation of shonen, right? Because in my head, right? Um, I followed you, Naruto. That's the question. Do you think it's a it's a new generation of shonen? I think it's the same fucking generation of shonen shows. Uh, we'll 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 get into okay. that because I think that it it's well if it's not of the if it's if it is part of the same generation as say Naruto or Bleach, I think that there is quite a bit that sets it apart though. That's why I say a new generation because I want to separate it from what I'm used to watching. Because okay. I used to watch... So it's like more of like a new step. Yeah, new it's step a different taste right of shonen. It's a different kind, right? Um, but anyways, right? I was really much into Bleach Naruto, right? And after both of those series ended, right? Both the manga and the show, was, I kind of lost motivation, honestly, to continue watching shonen. Because I was like, you know what? Maybe I had time to watch, like, you know, 500 episode shows or, you know, uh, several hundred... Uh, chapter mangas when I was in you know middle or high school but you know it's not really my thing anymore you know I don't really find it worth it to follow a single series for that long especially because shonens are always plagued with like you know filler and stuff and the plot development can be so 
slow sometimes. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie, the ending of Bleach and Naruto kind of put me off. I was like, you know what? I love these shows, right? But if they're going to end this way, right? Why even bother with new shonens if they're just, they might end like that as well, right? So I really didn't have much inclination to watch My Hero Academia, right? But I didn't mind. I was like, okay, whatever. It's your typical shonen that um, newer generations of of otakus are watching, right? But I didn't really give it much attention until uh, last year during the summer, I was at aircraft maintenance camp uh, with a friend of mine, Magobat, shout out to him. And he was like, yo, he found out that I was an otaku too, right? And we were like, we had our little squad at camp, you see. And he was like, if you're an otaku and you haven't watched MHJ, there's a fucking problem. And so the first thing we did together was like, we sat down and we basically just we had a schedule, right, where we just watched MHA together, right, and I don't know, it was just, at first, honestly, watching through it, I found that for the first two episodes specifically, I was like, okay, it's alright, right, but I at that point, I really didn't see what set it apart from other shows. Yeah, sure, bitch, I guess there's the underdog story and Deku is, you know, inspiring, but for me, I was like, the underdog story is something that's been revisited time and time again in Shonen, right? It wasn't something that really hooked me. In my opinion, the first time I saw the show, it wasn't until the the very end, the last arc specifically, that I really got hooked to to the universe and the, right, and the story. The second time rewatching, however, my first impressions were very different. Yes, I found that the first, the lull, the first two episodes were there because, you know, I was kind of put off by the, okay. I, I was actually put off by the underdog story. I found that, you know, it, it was, I found that Deku's optimism was kind of unrealistic because even All Might in the beginning was like, dude, you're quirkless. There's nothing you can do to gain a quirk, right? Un unless, of course, he gives it to him, right? I was like, Deku, you're being completely unrealistic here, right? There's a difference between being motivated and being unreasonable. He was being unreasonable, right? You can't compete with people who have superpowers if you don't have any, right? So I was like, oh my god, it's your typical, you know, like, bubbly, cliche, uh, you know, shonen protagonist, right? But the second time, right, once I, I really started to appreciate, right, the like, the design of the characters, the heroes, right, like, <laughs> Mount Lady and stuff, right? And just the universe that it was set in, rather than focusing on just the protagonist, right? And because of that, I don't know, I just gained a greater appreciation for, for the finer details in the aesthetic of the show, right? I don't know, o overall, in both my uh, both my viewings, right? I, I really enjoyed it. But with that out of the way, right? Uh, Aside from the lull of the first few episodes, I want to talk about what hit you guys in particular when it came to moments within the show, right? What really got you hyped when you were watching it? So, Kevin, you mentioned that this whole underdog story is a bit of a cliche, right? And I... I... Yeah, it, it kind of turned me off, honestly, at the uh, when I watched it the first time, right? Not so much during the, the second rewatch. But I, I feel that the anime recognizes that. And you're not giving it as much credit as I feel that you should. Especially watching it the second right. time. Because even All Might recognizes that. Do you, you see what I mean? The, the anime... that, that's my point. That's my point. That's why I was like, you know, even if even All Might right, recognizes it, then it, the only reason why it, like, you know, he's able to pull through 
is because of, you know, a deus ex machina, because All Might happens to be there to give the protagonist his power, right? Under normal circumstances, right, there are countless Dekus in that universe that wish they had quirks that will never get quirks and never be heroes, right? That that was what Well, yeah, that but I mean, I think me. that's the whole point. It's right. like he has that... He has that like one like that one like special encounter that that should that shouldn't happen but does. I know I, I recognize that, but for me it was just kind of like you know, I get the message they're trying to get across where it's like you can achieve your dreams if you try hard enough. But I was like, man, imagine all those other kids in this universe that no, can't I, achieve their dreams because they're not the protagonists. No, no, no. Right? I, I don't, I don't necessarily supers. agree with that because All Might did say he said, you know what, kid, give up on your dreams. And remember that flashback with the mom and they're like, the mom's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Deku. Do you know what I mean? And she starts crying. And it's yeah. like, there is I'm a, not there is a you, you just said not might. everyone can right. get that, that follow their dreams. But Deku hmm. also wasn't able to follow his dream until the uh, uh, Deku X Machina. But, that but he does. That arrived. Yeah, exactly. Deku X Machina. It's specifically the X Machina that bugs me. Like, I, I agree that they handle, you know, they acknowledge that this is, you know, unlikely to happen right it's just the deus ex machina itself i find it was kind of like come on come on you know like at least for i'll give an example at least in other shows right it's like naruto for example right he he's the protagonist so he was he happens to have the the nine-tailed fox sealed in him right and his father happens to be hokage and bleach you know ichigo's father happened to be to used to be one of the the captains or uh, lieutenant, right? And uh, you know his mother happened to be a Quincy, right? But that's like that. That's just a given that is part of their backstory, you know. Whereas this, seeing it happen to Deku in real time, I was kind of like, this is just some exceptionalism because he's the main character, you know. This is just like I I can't know. I can't say that he's. The exception, be just because he's the main character, I, I'd say. How, how can you not? It's his though? passion. But yo, without All Might, what he could have all the passion in the world, right? He wouldn't have become a, a superhero. Okay, so we he goes back to what Bish said about how you know All Might was like, you know, you should give up, like it's like you shouldn't try. Mm -hmm. With such a huge like commotion, like it'd be natural for for All Might to be there. It also makes sense for Deku to be there because he finds out. Like he's walking, like he sees the commotion, he goes to it, then, and then Bakugo, he sees Bakugo, and then like he has like his passion, like his desire to like be a hero and save somebody, like he just kind of hit it pushes him to just go in recklessly. Th that's for a what way. I'm talking about, though. I think you're just proving my point because because All Might seeing this, he real like he sees that you know what, like maybe like I was wrong, maybe like I. W Maybe he looks like the person that I was looking for, and then like, and then All Might like willingly searches him out, and decides that he, you know what, I like, I saw how passionate you were. I saw, like, I like, it's like despite me saying that, like, you should give up. So like, I think that you would be worthy of. But that's the thing, Joe. Like, even with that, it's for, not disputing Kevin's yeah. point. It's just re reinforcing it even more. It, it, that in the, itself the... is very cliche. My point specifically, Joe, was regards to not, you know, I agree with you that, yeah, Deku, he's all, he, he doesn't just work hard in the first two episodes, right? He's worked his entire life towards this goal, right? But it's just me like, if, despite all his passion, all right, if um, One for All was not transferable, all right, 
there would be like it doesn't his passion would have all been for naught, right? All Might stand would have still have his point would still have stood, right? Despite all your passion. Well, yeah, right? but like that's but like we can't really say like if this didn't happen we can't say if X happened then Y wouldn't have happened and then say that's a valid point because I feel like it's kinda like just kinda warping his story so that it goes to our viewpoint. I'm not trying to warp it though, I'm just stating a fact that That's what well that's what it sounds like. That's is that's it, is kinda it, like Is it not a fact though that one for all is literally the or one of I guess I'm kinda spoiling, but one of two powers that can be wait, sort wait of more or less wait, transferred wait, between people. What? Okay, I didn't know that. Right? You, but it's a Why given in the universe, with... in, in that in the show's universe, that you can't transfer quirks. Right? You're either you have one or you don't. Right? That's my point. That's the reality of of the characters. Right? So that's why well, I was kind of urged by it's like, yes. dude, I get you're passionate, but you have to be realistic about what you can and cannot do. All right? Every kid might grow up being like, I can be the president of the United States. Right, no, I, but I that, is that realistic? You, no, Kevin, especially okay. uh, going no, maybe back to even when like, he was at school, but even before he met that, had that encounter with All Might or any any of that, he wanted to apply to UA, and it's like, how the fuck do you expect to to go through UA and go through the tests if you don't have a fucking quirk? That's the thing I didn't understand. Why did he want to apply to it in the first t in the right. first place? It seemed like a pipe dream. I don't want to overstate this though, right? I think it's a, it's a small gripe, right? I'm not trying to shit on Deku or the writing or anything. It's just, it was a small gripe that irked me the first time I watched, right? The second time I got to appreciate other aspects of the first two episodes, right? Um, and it's not something that like, once he does get his powers, right? And you kind of accept it as a fact, it's fine, right? I just wanted to put it out there uh, as kind of an, an antithesis to what Bish what hooked Bish actually when he first watched it, right? I just found it interesting that the thing that kind of turned me off ever so slightly when I first watched it was actually the thing that got Bish hooked onto the series, right? That's all I wanted to say. I'm not trying to shit on anything or, you know, trying to say that this well, show is Well, I'm not like blaming you. Cliche, I'm not like it saying you're shitting on anything. I'm just kind of hmm. like, kind of... I'm just kind of confused. I can't really see it as like a Deus Ex Machina because it doesn't meet like every like every piece of criteria that makes something a Deus Ex Machina in my eyes. Hmm. But okay. anyway, uh, fair enough. Like fair I kind of get what you mean. But you know, <laughs> while we're talking about uh, you know what really hooked us in the first few episodes, I want to talk about what moments just in the show in general really stood out to you, right? Whether good or bad or, you know, like what really got your blood pumping for My Hero Academia? Because I've got quite a bit and I want to know sure, if sure. you guys um, have the same me, episodes. Like I said, one of the first episodes were was great because of this whole, um, you know, under, underdog story and watching those training scenes was great. And uh, mm -hmm. one thing that... Oh my God. What? What? It, it it was it no, was sorry, hype just, it was, I, I was hype worthy really to the point where I was going I was at the gym and I was seeing Deku work out and I was like fuck yeah because I was watching this anime it was um, I can't even Yo, remember what it was, episode it was is when it, man? he was pushing pushing the fridge oh yeah you were watching it at the gym so like yes yeah man <laughs> training montage was fucking hype yes Joe, oh my god I will tell you something I was exercise I was watch I watched this anime <laughs> it takes you five hours or six hours to watch the anime. I went to the gym at 12 o'clock 
not midnight, noon. And I left the gym at yeah. 6 p.m. And I was working out the whole time. I didn't even take a break, Joe. I was I binged this anime because I was like, fuck yeah. And then, oh man, it was just that that scene made me feel like I felt tired. And I was like, fuck yeah. I, do you know what I mean? Like watching that gave me that motivation. It made me hype as fuck. Like I really loved that episode. Another episode that I really liked was episode five. And it was the first time where wasn't maybe it wasn't the first time where Deku used the one for all, but I found it was the first time where he used it in such a way that was smart. Well, no, it um, was you know where he was throwing the ball and he, throwing the ball and he used it throwing the ball instead of breaking his right? whole arm because he was like, oh look, if I break my arm, I'm gonna go back to nurse. I'm fucked. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna I'm get fucked. kicked out of the school. But he thought, you know what? I'm gonna put it at the last point of contact, the 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 thumb or the finger or whatever, and break. It was so. It was it, the the sheer ingenuity behind that, and the fact that he thought outside the box. I just genuinely, I felt happy. I felt joy for Deku. I was like, "Fuck yeah, Deku! You're not gonna get kicked out of school today, son." Like it made me root for him all the more. And the face on Mr. Aizawa, a razor head. Oh man, that was that was even more sweeter for me. I found that like, if anything, not only was the throw ingenious, right? It just. I don't know, the, mo the exact moment, right, where you can see his two fingers make contact with the ball, right, is so fucking hype. But what made it all the better for me, um, I think, was Aizawa. Not, not just his reaction, but just if you look at the context, right, with Aizawa's pressure, right, you know, the threat of being expelled and stuff, right, it was like a do-or-die moment. And obviously, being the main character in the shonen, like, you know he's gonna, you know he's gonna make it, right? But it's just the how, right? You didn't know how he was gonna do it, right? And just that, that fucking reveal with the single throw, right, and everything. Just the context of the challenge, right, was I, I felt that in the time of watching, even though I knew that this show has three seasons, mm. and I knew it's very successful and whatever, so I knew Deku had to succeed, but I felt that Deku was not going to succeed. Like, I, there was that pressure on me. I felt anxiety. Exactly. I was like, is he going to succeed? Is he not going to That's what I felt, too. Like, I I couldn't... Like, I know... Like, I know, like, you kind of... A lot of protagonists have that sort of, like... Have that sort of plot armor. Where it's like, they can kind of... Where they'll... There's a chance... There's a good chance that they'll, like, succeed in what they're doing. But I felt like, for, like, for some reason with, uh... With Izuku, like, I couldn't... I couldn't have that same feeling. He's the main character, but he doesn't feel like one, if you guys get what I mean, because it's not like... Yeah, I know what you he's mean. He's not overpowered, you know, one-shotting people left and right, right? Because he has a huge drawback when he uses his power in the first season, right? Like, he damages himself, right? So he's really got to think about how he's going to apply, you know, his plot armor, if you will, right? He has to think about it. And that, you know, the fact that it's not mindless, right? The fact that it's calculated that he has to struggle is what sets it apart from you know other other shonen potags for me that's what made that's that moment true. special i i completely agree and the anime has done a good job of making that clear from the very moment uh the anime started with deku's notebooks the fact that deku has um he has notes on all these other characters in the show like kind of like how we do the kunai notes right so he's got notes on everything so he knows his points that he's gonna say and especially uh, you know now thinking about it i'm not surprised that he thought up of something like that and he's very calculating in that sense i was not surprised now thinking about it in the time i was but 
taking a second look at it, I'm not surprised because it is his nature. Yeah, it doesn't feel like everything's been handed to him on a silver platter because he's the protagonist, right? Other, okay, other than the, the you know one for all quirk itself, everything else that he's he has, right? His strategies during the battles in episode four and stuff, right? Everything that he thinks of is due to like years of his perseverance, right? You really feel yeah, that he just naturally he just naturally decides like you know I like I need to like think about how this is gonna work exactly, and he begins to talk to himself like it, like and he ends up mumming to the point where like everyone's listens like uh and it, it, it's a okay? meme right <laughs> so, like, yeah so <laughs> um, another one of my favorite episodes is episode eleven game over oh yeah and Bish actually before we get into that could yeah. we talk about other episodes first because I think that okay. If if you're anything like me, we have a lot to say about those last few episodes. Okay, yeah. Right? Right, I just cool. want to keep the hype for the end, so you know we don't go back to talking about you know little details in episode you know three or four because I think we should sure. leave you... the best for last when it comes to these favorite moments. All right, cool. That's that's all I have to say about my favorite moments, yeah. other than episode eleven. I really want to hear what you say later, though. But Joe. Yeah, yeah, sure, um, sure. Other than those last batch of episodes, which we'll get into in just a little moment, I want to know, in towards like you know the first three quarters of the show, of the first season, what what stood out to you? Uh, okay. Uh, honestly, I I can't think of any other episode. I can't think of any episode other than like episode four. That really kind of got it for me. So that was the entrance that, exam that really episode, did it for me. if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, it was the one. It was the one when like he was trying to when he was trying to go through the practical exam and like he was just horrible at it. Like he didn't end up getting like any like he didn't end up getting any points during that. So like you know what, I had that feeling. You know he's gonna end up failing. Like I'm I'm so scared because I really want him to do well, and but like yeah he doesn't know how to use the quirk yet. You know. One thing that I wanted to mention about you felt that he was going to fail, but I I had this inkling that especially that All Might said, "Look, I'm going to be teaching at the school." The fact that there has to be looking at normal superheroes, right? <laughs> there has to be some other route of him to get into the school. The fact that he he gets points for saving, uh, and you know, do, uh, doing other. Well, yeah, but I mean, at the time, I didn't. At the time, I didn't know that. I, I so. felt personally for me, it just felt like it was cliche. Like there was when as soon as they said that, I was like, you know what? I saw that coming. And there was a lot of moments in this anime where I saw that yeah, sort of yeah. thing coming. But I think that's the nature of superhero uh, tropes, right? That, it's just how yeah, it is. Well, I mean, when he when it looked like he was going to get the letter and be like, oh, no, he was denied. Like, I kind of had a feeling, you know, what, he's probably going to pass. You, like, you know he's going to pass because he's the main character. Yeah, right? but, but even then, like, yeah. despite that scene, like, I felt like during the practical exam, I felt like it was, like, kind of hopeless. Because it's just nothing was really happening. I thought maybe he was going to, you know what, later on, he'll get into U- UA another way. Mm, okay. Uh, so, right. so. That never really crossed my like, mind. That's interesting that you bring it up. Yeah, it totally, he totally could have, like, passed in a different way, you know, with uh, with All Might's, you know, yeah, good word. Yeah, he could have gone in that way. I, really, I hadn't really considered that, but yeah, that's true. But anyway, back to my favorite moments. Like, so when that giant robot was there and Ochako was, was trapped. And two things happen. One, you hear you say "run" in the background. Oh my oh, god! It's blaring. Oh boy! And then you see Deku jump up, 
charge of his fist and demolish the robot. Yeah, at that point, it's like, okay, so that's how he gets in, right? Because, like, everybody has their doubts at the beginning, right? When, when um, they're like, oh, yeah, just avoid this one creature because it's completely worthless. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's completely worthless. It's worth zero points, right? I was like, okay, yeah, bullshit. But once he, that hype moment, right, it's like, okay, that's how he gets in. In a lot of ways, I was kind of like, it was in the same position as Deku at that time, where I was like, you know what, I, I'm not really thinking about, like, the, the practical exam anymore. I'm not thinking about, oh, this, this robot gives zero points. I'm thinking about the fact that, you know what, there's somebody who's about to get hurt, and something needs to be done. So, like, without thinking, Izuku just jumps up, like, just, like, just one big sucker punch onto onto the robot so and like everyone just looks at you, it you like, were thinking wow. like Deku hashtag Joe confirmed all night enough said it's just <laughs> I am oh, no, I'm not gonna do that again uh, so it's just something about that felt really good like I saw him destroy a robot and I'm just like I'm jumping out of my seat and I'm just like yeah I just, go Deku yeah just Everything that just comes together in those moments, right? I mean, I'll mention, I'll go into further depth when we talk about music, right? But just they, I find that you know, real. I'm just realizing this now that you know he really doesn't use his quirk very often at all during the first season until you know, even in the final arcs, right? He doesn't. It's not overused by by the writers, right? He does a great job at that. I don't want to say they've written themselves into a corner, but they've written themselves an obstacle because. They know if he uses it, he's going to get injured. So he, he has to think about when when is the right time to use it. Even in the final episodes, he thinks about when to use it because he knows he's going to fuck himself up. It's the same calculation that All Might has as well, if you've noticed that. All Might has the same sort of calculation where, yeah. oh, I, I have to figure out the time that I'm using because I'm wasting time. Do you see what I mean? He, he makes the same calculations as well. So I, I think it's also the fact that like season two was also planned while season one was going on mm -hmm. how do you think that affected so, it though like one particular i mean i feel well i mean it was clear that it had the intention of continuing okay. so like oh. i couldn't really i couldn't really like fault it okay you know what All i right. mean because i knew like i was gonna see more of it okay uh that, that is true uh, that right? said like, you like you know uh, that said i can't right. yeah well that said i i do kind of i see what you mean like it, it's not used like too much in the first mm -hmm. season like, I, I, I get what Bish says about, yes, they can't overuse it because, you know, of its effects on Deku. But what I wanted to say earlier was, we all know that it has an effect on Deku, right? But just, I didn't realize until, you know, a few minutes ago, right? It has a really gr good impact, not just in the universe, right, on Deku, but also on the audience, right? Because... Typically, you're used to seeing, um, you know, ultimate moves and shit used by Protags all the time, right? I'm thinking of Inuyasha. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yeah. Inuyasha, you know, is like fucking Windscar every <laughs> single fucking battle, right? Or a Rasengan every single fucking battle. You're like, okay, I wonder how he's going to win this, right? Huh? But in My Hero Academia, what I find a bit different is that it's like, okay, obviously he's going to use that power because that's all he has right now, right? But it's like, when mm -hmm. is he gonna use it, and how is he gonna use it? Because he can't—he can't just you know punch every fucking time because he's gonna lose an arm, right? So it's because it's so spaced out, it adds to the hype 
of every time that he does end up using. It not just adds to the hype, it adds to the character development because you get to see more of him. Because sometimes I feel that, you know, at least in season one, uh, All Might is just, I'm using All Might as an example, he's just his, his, you know, the showboating guy, right? At least from what we see from him in the beginning. Or the other side characters, right? So the fact that he doesn't use his quirk all the time means we get to see more of Deku and more of what he actually does and what he thinks. Do you see what I mean? So I don't think yeah. it's just a hype-building yeah. tool, but I feel it's a character-building tool as well. It absolutely is, yeah. Right. yeah like, because, I mean, the less he uses his power, the more he gets to show more of like a yeah, human side exactly. of himself. Uh, yeah, his quirkless uh, side, right? He shows that he's not just a quirk, right? As, as Aizawa says, right? Pro heroes don't just have one trick up their sleeves, right? And with Deku... Uh, he shows in episode four and episode five, right, in the, in the first training day, right, and later on as well that you know he's got the super strength that's going to by by one for all, but also you know he's really analytical and he's really intelligent, right, and he's also got he he works well, um, he thinks quickly, right, or actually I should say he doesn't think, right, he just goes with his gut, right, when he comes to saving people and stuff, right? and that's what sets him apart. Right, yeah, he he kind of, in a way you can kind of think of him as reckless, but he's also like analytical in some yeah. ways. He's reckless, uh, you know, he's analytical, and he's got the yeah. plot armor to protect him in many ways, right? So well, because like theoretically, he could he has pretty much as much power, like he can use as much power as all might, but like he could end up killing himself if he tries. It's just he it just doesn't he's, his body isn't used to it yet, and so he has to he realizes that and he has to adapt to it. Yeah, exactly. I mean. He doesn't really get into it until the very end, but I, I find that they spaced out uh, Deku's use of his quirk very well in the first few episodes, specifically four and five, right, where it's put to the test. Well, you know, um, the greatest challenge obviously comes at the end, right, where you, sh you, as you said, Bish, it's a tool for character development as well, right, because you see him punch Nomu, right, and not break his arm, right. But while we're talking about that. Let's get back to the hypest episodes, in my opinion, of the season, right? The, the, it was what the build-up was all about, right? The last arc at USJ when the villains show up. So, my boy. I don't know what you guys think about that. Oh. So, Bish, um. why did you want to say? Because I, I can feel you just trying to, you know, squeeze things in here. Episode... Episode 11, Game Over. It's the name. It's name Game Over, right? Yeah. I felt watching yes. episode 11, I came in thinking this is Game Over for UA. And then when I watched episode 12, I felt, nah, man, this is Game Over. Like, I, I felt that what Game Over felt like. Do you see what I mean? I felt, okay, shit. It's Game Over, man. It's, it's Game, game Over. over. <laughs> like, uh, episode... But for who in episode 12? For, 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 for still for UA or for the villains? Yeah, still for UA. I felt episode 12 okay. was, oh, shit, man. All Might is going to get fucked. Do you see what I mean? And then episode 13, that's when I felt it was Game Over for the villains. But what I really want to talk about is that um, we learn more about UA students' powers within those episodes. And that's why I find it's one of my favorites. Because there are characters that I, I felt that I didn't necessarily get to see, like the guy with the tape. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, but tape arms. I don't know what his real name is, but tape arms. Yeah, that Scotch guy. tape guy. Oh, like, I, I thought you were talking about about Mineta. All no, right. no, no, no. About the the sticky ball guy. Mineta. There's like sticky tape guy and there's sticky ball. No, guy. no, the guy with the with the tape dispensers on his tape, arm. Tape, yeah. Whatever his yeah. name is, but 
the, the fact that I got to see his powers, or I got to see the girl with the um, the headphone jacks. Well, you, you see what I mean? Or the one that can... To be fair, though, yeah. Um, it's not the first time that they introduce it, right? Because they do introduce in episode 4 and 5, right? you got to give them credit yeah, for those episodes I, I'm not well, saying that this is the first time they introduced it, but it's the first time we see it in such a depth. And that I believe you're thinking of, so- of Shoji. Oh, not, Sh- not Shoji, it's Sero. What's the other... What's his... Oh, tape guy. Oh, Scotch okay. tape. Okay. Um, for, for me, he's just like... I was like, oh, it's cool, but I didn't really take note of him other than in that episode. Re- yeah, but the fact that that episode gave that opportunity to show how the characters work together as a team and how Deku gets to... Uh, not necessarily abuse, but he uses... he. Uses those other characters' powers because he knows. Okay, fuck, I can't use my power. So he uses um, Froppy and he uses um, what Minata as well, Minata. Or whatever his yeah. name is. And his power is so useless, but he made it useful. And that's what I yeah. what I liked about the episode is the ingenuity and what what is what's going on that... behind the scenes and the fact that they're all use using their powers and working together, mm. especially also with Todoroki as well. Like it's. There's, we see a lot. Yeah, yeah. You could tell that they're all like still kind of beginners with their powers. Like they were kind of using it in ways that like they didn't really know how to use it, but they they made they something work. It, and like I feel works. like their synergy, yeah, yeah, they improvised and their synergy was strong as a result. Yeah, I gotta say like what I loved in particular so much. Like the reason why I mentioned Bish episode four and five. You know, uh, for those of you who don't remember, four and four was the entrance exam and five was the first day of training. What I why I mentioned that, right, is because I think think episode ten really combined my what I loved about four and five, right? The fact that they smoothly introduced the the side cast abilities, right, with the action, right, that you got earlier on in the anime as well. So they introduce they introduce characters' abilities, um, right? You see, you have to see them in action, right? It's not just like exposition. It's not an exposition where they just know explain uh someone's abilities for like five minutes right you get to see it in action in combat for once right it's just not against dummies or against each other right you see a sense of urgency right there's the action the music everything just comes together um in the final arc right you get to feel that you know finally it's no longer training this is real life now right there's uh that danger that wasn't there before right and just getting to see their powers work in conjunction with one another, right? That's what uh, I felt was lacking before, right? So just getting to see that all of that come together in episode 11 and uh, 10, you know, was what got me fucking pumped up for that final arc. It was, it was paced very well, too. Like, it was, it led, mm-hmm. like, the way they, like, they foreshadowed, like, the villain's appearance and... Like what was gonna happen? Like it, it, it was, it was great. Like it, it, nothing really felt rushed. It felt like the the setting was right. The like the atmosphere was threatening, and like nothing just kind of came out of nowhere. Did they foreshadow the the villains? I don't, I don't feel that they did. No, they only they didn't really foreshadow it because they only uh, showed Tomura at, with the reporters. That was the only time they really showed the villains, right? before then yeah like the, we only got the idea that there was like a force that was gonna go against ua is earlier on actually not episode nine my bad it was when ida became the class representative right because the reporter stormed in and everyone was fucking panicking we just saw tomura's backside right but other than that we just 
they went incognito for a while, right? That was the only mention that we really got of the villains well, before the final arc. We we did got a, a glimpse of them in the OS, not the OST, the opening, right? Um, that is true. But what in particular you guys uh, really like about the final arc? Were there any combat scenes that stood out, or I I guess it pro it very it'd be similar to how Bish felt, where it's like I I think that was the like defining moment for me, and I'm sure it was a defining moment for a lot of others as well. Like just how All Might turned the tables and like like annihilated Nomu and shot into the next dimension. <laughs> what I I wanted to say about that Nomu fight was it's I want to mention the references because there is a lot of references. I'm not sure if you guys know about uh, Kenshiro. You know you know the um, the meme. Omaiwa mo shindeiru. You're Nani? already dead, meme. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, and the fact that, you know, Kenshiro, he does ah, da, 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 and he does those punches that, you know, you'll see all of the punches hit on the screen. He's so fast that you see those punches. And it kind of reminded me of that Kenshiro scene um, from Ken's Rage, right? It's like, yeah, you see that a lot in Fist of the North Star. You see it a lot in, in Fist of the North Star. And it's like, it's the fact that Nomu's body was swelling up from the punches. It, it, it reminded me of Omaiwa no Shinde, Mo Shinderu. Like, it reminded me of you're already dead. It just had that. It was screaming, you know, uh, Fist of the North Star. Like, to me. That's that's what I wanted to mention on that. Like, that's what made it more enjoyable for me. It's just those those little anime references. I, I gotta say, the, the, the Nomu fight was really, you know, the, the cherry on top. Because, yeah, I really did like seeing the students' powers, right? And seeing how uh, they were applied in battle, right? But... The problem is, like, you know, since they were beginners, right, they only got to deal with, you know, the, the thugs, right? So, it wasn't that interesting to, to see them in combat because at the end of the day, right, there wasn't a great threat, right? Whereas with Tomura and Nomu, right, those were the big bads, right? They were like, okay, you can't just, you know, defeat these guys in one punch. It was punch interesting. Or it whatever, was interesting, especially right? the fact they, that. Yeah, it was a multi-staged fight. Well, I guess it was like, it would be like how they did it. It kind of felt like you know, it doesn't matter how like powerful they are and how well they're working together. There's always going to be someone stronger than them with their and own sort of like with their own sort of obstacles not, you have to not overcome. Not just obstacles. Like they have their own tricks up their sleeves. Especially what happened to thirteen. I was like, no, like I, I'm not a fan of thirteen. <laughs> but it was very smart that he just yeah. reversed the black hole on him. I was like, fuck, like that. I did not expect that. And it was interesting as well because you don't expect characters to <laughs> fucking die. Like, this is an attack on Titan. We're not expecting... He was just fucking dead after that. <laughs> yeah. I just... That, that made me think of, you know, that, that meme where it's like, trust nobody, not even yourself. Right? Oh my god. He's like fucking 13 outplayed himself. Well, doesn't he like come back well, anyway? No, he, was in, he was in the hospital at the end. But it's, it's interesting because he foreshadowed his own. Like he kind of jinxed himself because he was like, "I can use I can use my powers to kill." You know, that wasn't a highlight for me though. Because honestly, thirteen. I mean, he seems cool, but it's just he doesn't like, have much screen time. He was, he was just, useful for like yeah. that one scene, and it, he wasn't actually. He didn't do anything at all, did he? Because he the only thing he did was try to to fucking get. Uh, Whatever the mist guy's name is, he tries to get the mist dude, and he fucks that up, yeah, but, right? And he's just out of action for the rest of the fucking legend. Eraser head. 
Eyes away. Razorhead is great. You know, oh my god, man. I was like, this guy is fucking amazing. And the fact that the other guy just cracked his hand like that. I was like, shit, man. Like, a touch from him just fucks you up. Honestly, it is the first time where, you know, I didn't have a sense of security. Because before, right, we were talking about, oh, yeah, uh, Deku's the main character. You know he's going to pull through somehow. He's not going to die, right? But when Nomu was, like, beating the shit out of him, right, we just see the blood flying. When Tomura was like, oh, by the way, I'm not the final boss. He is. And he points to Nomu, right? And Nomu, like, starts pummeling him. You see blood splatter. I was like, shit, Aizawa went... Aizawa might be dead, right? Because he's not a main character. I was like, it's it's perfectly possible that he dies, right? It, it was interesting. That's why I mentioned before, Kevin, mm -hmm. the whole analogy of the game over. Because I felt, shit, man. These You have two characters that are basically left for dead. Like, they are fucking gonna die. So it, it, it built that suspense. Those, the, those last yeah. three episodes yeah. built that suspense. And it came up with a great payoff. You know, that whole Pokemon style, you know, flying off into the sky and the little ding, you know, that kind it was, it was satisfying to say the least. That's all I yeah, have to say about yeah. this episode. All right. So we talked a lot about our favorite moments, right? And I noticed that a lot of the time when we bring up our favorite moments in the episode, like it always comes down to the strength of the characters, right? And that's what I want to talk to you guys about now, right? Because Deku, as you said, Bish, is one of the things that hooked you when you first watched, right? And I just want to talk about him as a protagonist for a second. Why do you find him so interesting? Um, what makes him different from, you know, other shonen protagonists, for example, right? That are you know, usually clidden, uh, sorry, ridden with cliches, you know, or are overpowered and stuff. What makes Deku so unique? You know, that's what I want to know. Well, you mentioned that Deku... Uh, you, sorry, you mentioned that other protagonists in Shonen shows are very cliche. But I, I I, have to say that Deku is quite cliche in the terms of, you know, he has no powers and it's this underdog story in itself. Mm -hmm. That's cliche, right? But um, the fact that he, he is the underdog, that's what makes him unique. That's the fact that he's relatable. Like, he's not a Naruto. He's, he doesn't have the power already. He's not already OP from the start. And the fact that his... How do you say? His quirk, it's OP, but it damages him. So... Mm, for now, at know. least. Yeah, for now, mm. at least in, in terms of season one, every time he uses it, he breaks his limb. So I think that's very interesting. That's what makes him interesting as well. It kind of makes it like, how do I describe? I don't mean to interrupt you, but it, it's it kind of makes it like he can be OP if he wanted to, but he just, he doesn't, his body yeah, isn't But it's conditional it. though, right? It's not like he can be OP yeah, but I mean, without it's thinking. Though, yeah, exactly. He's... It's not like, you know... Uh, a get-out-of-jail-free card, necessarily, because he has to think about when he, he's going to use it, how he's going to use it, right? Um, there's a trade-off, whereas I find that, you know, a lot in a lot of the other shows, right? Like, I don't recall there being, like, a trade-off to Naruto's, like, 5 billion variations of a Rasengan, right? It's always, like, the same <laughs> shit, right? He doesn't really have to think about it. He, he's just... He, he's had... Uh, he's been OP from the start, sure. right? Whereas there's this interesting dynamic between... Uh, Deku and the power that he's inherited because he's not naturally OP. I mean, he's definitely got uh, plot armor. He's exceptional because he's the protagonist. Right? He he did. He was the one kid after all who ended up getting it, all might. It's power, a strong right? ability, but it's something that's out of his. Life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you guys raise up a good point when you're talking about. Um, you're saying Naruto doesn't need to think about using his a billion and one Rasengans, right? But this is what separates. Deku from all the other protagonists of, of shonen shows and manga 
is that he thinks. You, you see what I mean? He's the only one that thinks and he calculates everything. And the fact that he, he makes notes on everything. So he knows what he's going to do. What's his consequences of him doing those actions as, as opposed to jumping in full force. Well, we see him at times jumping in full force without thinking. But even when he's going into, you know, for, for example, saving Kachan at the beginning, he's, he's going in knowing that he has that goal in mind. But he's not necessarily like... He's not thinking, but at the same time, he's thinking in, in the background. You see what I mean? Like, he's he's being reckless, but he's thinking about being reckless. Like, he's thinking about his consequences. What's going to go on? How can I defeat this enemy, right? As far as I see it, I think it's more like he he's reckless. Like, but like he all he's really thinking about is, oh, my God, Kachan's in trouble, and I need to go save him. He doesn't really think about much else in that scene. He just thinks, like, you know what, I have to save him no matter what. And I feel like that's what kind of makes him stand out. Yeah, but, I mean, then again, right, I personally found those moments to be not necessarily, like, bad, but it just wasn't as interesting to watch for me as a spectator compared to, you know, once he actually starts training, right, it gets into combat uh, scenarios, right, or he has challenges to overcome that Aizawa Senpai uh, imposes upon him, right? I find those moments that uh, where he acts recklessly, I mean, yeah, that shows his character, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, yeah, we get it. He's got, like, a good heart and whatever. It's just there to, to build character, right? It just, I find it kind of uninteresting because, like, I mean, it, it, it's sort of cliche where it's, like, so far, he's just... You, you, you see him as this, like, perfect uh, personification of good, you know? I'm like, that's all great, but at the same time, I want to see him struggle a bit more, uh, you know, with ethics and morals, right? Question his choices, right? Because having a goody two-shoes protagonist all the time, um, you know, makes for a dull, well, a duller character in my opinion, right? So, I mean... Uh, yeah, that definitely isn't, for sure, that definitely isn't, like, shown enough in yeah. season one. Like, I feel like, like he, I mean, I get what you're saying is like, you, like he just, in season, well, like, I'm, I'm not going to talk about future seasons. Like with respect to season one, it's kind of like, he's too, like, he's too much of like the good character and he doesn't really have like an experience where he's conflicted and has to make a choice based on his own like beliefs. I, I mean, like, honestly, I think that. It does happen in a way, but it's more so in the form of an entirely different character. I think like he has a foil, you know, being Kachan, right, being Bakugo. But we'll get into that later, obviously. Um, but you know what? You know, from what we've said, I can think we can all agree that you know, yes, he's not you know completely original, you know, free from cliches and tropes of the shonen genre. But you know what? The reason why I like him is you know because of his you know. His perseverance, right? His, uh, just his intelligence, his wisdom, right? But also the fact that, oh my God, he's not an edge lord, right? He's very passionate about, uh, you know, about superheroes, right? He's he looks up to them, right? But he's not over the top in a way that makes him annoying as a main character, right? Like I'm thinking of, uh, I hate to bring it up. But like Aaron, right? Where like he is constantly in I have to kill all the Titans mode, like all the time, right? He has no chill. Right? You're like, okay, we get it, dude. That's one of your motivations, but 
Like, is there anything other else to your character, right? Um, where you feel like he's just so over the top there that you don't see the human side of him. Whereas Deku, I feel that like he's a bit more balanced, or in the very least, he is very over the top in a way about his passion, about him wanting to become a hero. But at least that motivation is more sympathetic to the spectator than, say, other uh, protagonist's motivations. You know, like, we can't all relate to having our families murdered by, you know, giant naked people, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> at least in Canada. I don't know about how it is in, a, in the UK or I in the US. But... In an ideal situation, you'd hope that isn't yeah. the case. Yeah. And, you know, he's also sympathetic as well, you know, being for a high school soon, right? Um, his little, his, it's a little details that make him relatable, right? Like him really getting stressed out, worried about getting into the right high school, you know? It kind of made me think of my senior year in high school, right? I was always thinking, oh my god, every single test counts, right? Towards my GPA and whether or not I'm going to get into the universities I want, right? So I was like constantly stressing, right? And I had the same anxiety that he did. So uh, I think that re they really hit the mark when it comes to making him relatable to their target audience, right? Because it is a shonen after all. It is aimed at uh, younger male uh, viewership, right? I was just wondering if uh, anything else stood out uh, with regards to Deku to you guys when you guys were watching it, right? Whether that be at, uh, at the beginning or the things that you noticed towards the final arc about Deku. I mean, it was like, how do I put it? So I was in a very, like, so I was in a very, like, low point during my sophomore year of college. Like, I, it's kind of random, but, like, I just, it'll connect, like, eventually. Just, just hear me out. Uh, it, honestly, there were times where, like, I kind of felt like, you know, I was kind of hopeless. I, like, I kind of accepted my position and didn't really think I could, like, go any higher than I could. And, and, like, seeing... Because I watched... I started my Hero Academia, like, during my second... During my spring semester. And so I was kind of, like, seeing Deku progress as this... How do I put it? Like, he he's kind of, like, in a position where, like, prior to meeting All Might, he kind of accepted the fact that he'll be quirkless, but he still kind of has the admiration... Like, I'm, like, I already talked about this, like, earlier in the recording, about how, like, I, I saw Deku's inspiring, but, like, I, like, I was kind of in that same position where I, like, I kind of felt like, like, okay, like, I, I loved, I loved game designers, like, I appreciate them in every way, but what, but, like, I didn't really think I could, like, I, I always felt like I was kind of like in a position where I couldn't go higher than I than I was. Like I couldn't like really reach those mm. like so in a way you levels you of quality you that like I in Deku's position is like the underdog, you know, being held back, right? Okay. Yeah. And but like just kind of seeing the seeing Deku like get he got that opportunity to become like the hero he really wanted to be by getting uh one for all and just kind of seeing him progress and like sl like slowly grow i mean he grow he grows a little better in later seasons but like with respect to this season i didn't know like you still kind of saw him progress from like somebody who was like totally hopeless to somebody who had like who w had the chance that he's wanted all these years 
and to me that I saw that you know what I I want to be like him I want to go beyond what I'm limited to I want to go higher I want to become somebody I true I truly want to be and so I feel like that's kind of pushed me to do a lot better in my studies and it made me feel a lot more optimistic about what I want to do like and it kind of gave me more confidence because I'm, I'm also working on like my own like passion project at the moment with like I'm trying to write a scenario and honestly like a lot of times I thought you know what is this really going to be good enough is this story like really going to be something that people would enjoy in a game is the or the gameplay elements that I have ideas for going to be appealing to people and like I always felt like you know it's kind of like I don't think it's going to satisfy people but just kind of seeing somebody like Deku like achieve like like getting everything like he've always wanted like getting his own quirk going to UA I felt like it kind of it kind of gave me a little more confidence in my own abilities to to go further to strive for more. You know that's really interesting, right? Because I mean, um, so from what I get, right, you really related to the underdog aspect, right, of being him being quirkless, right, right? but also uh, of him being in a similar situation, you know, of being a high school student, right. Um, I totally get that. Um, I just want to ask you, like, is it, do you know why it was Deku in particular that, you know, stood out to you? Because I do think it, it's like, you know, high school settings are pretty common in other shows, right? Not just shonens, but in like rom-coms, for example. Was there anything about Deku specifically or just this show that, you know, made it click for you? I really just saw a lot of myself in Deku, just to put it simply. Like, I... It just, it, it's why, like, I'm so attached to him. It's why I, like, I love him so dearly. Like, he just kind of reminds me of myself in a lot of ways. And, like I said before, it pushed me to kind of, to do more with myself. To, to uh, like, push myself to continue what I love so much. Like, no, like, don't look back. Just keep going. Just keep on going and going and going. And do something that you have never thought you could have done, like, years from now. I mean, yeah, Deku's very is a very strong character, right? But I, I think that, honestly, well, obviously, he's not alone. Right? He gets a lot of support uh, from his from of his course, mom, obviously, yeah. right? More so now than before. She, you know, he had a bit of a complicated past, right? With, with being discovered as someone who's quirkless, right? In a world where everyone has one. But um, I want to talk about All Might in particular, because I think that we never see Deku's dad at all in the first season, right? He's not even mentioned, if I remember correctly, right? I mean, he doesn't even say the word dad at all. All Might steps in, right? Kind of like a stepfather, right? He, he's there to fill in uh, his role as a mentor, as a father figure for Deku, right? He is, he is literally, you know, not just a symbol of peace, but also f in the first season, you know, he's what Deku strives to be, right? I wouldn't really call that, like, I wouldn't really say he was, like, the Deku thought of him as, like, a father figure. I think he, Deku saw him more as, like, like a mentor, like you said. Like, he, he's somebody he admired for so long. I didn't really think he thought of him as, like, a father. I just oh, no, no, that... I, I never meant to say that, you know, Deku himself uh, thought of All Might as, as a father figure. But it's just, that's how I interpret it, right? Because in, in the absence of his own father, right, uh, in absence of someone who, who, you know, had faith in him and it was like, look, 
you can achieve your dreams, right? And who pushes him. That's what All Might does. And that's how I see the relationship in a sort of way. Yes, as a mentor and a student, but I also think that, you know, keep in mind that All Might is also the mentor of all the, the students in class 1A, right? Not UA, he's the teacher there, right? He's a mentor for all of them, but in particular, right? He's invested in Deku. Obviously because, you know, he gave him his power, but he gave him all for one for a reason because he saw potential in Deku, right? So he's trying to, um, you know, make him grow, right? As a hero and also as a person, right? He's shaping Deku to oh, be as a successor. Okay, that makes sense. That's what I meant, right? Yeah. That's the reason why I really liked All Might as a character, right? Because his flexibility is, you know, a mentor, a father figure for Deku, right? The relationship is some, you know, it's a core part of the show, right? And just seeing him care, not only for all the students, but the way he looks out for for Deku, right? He's kind of like the senpai, the sensei, the dad that we all want, right? And I kind of felt that that's the way Deku saw it in a way, right? So I just want to see, you know, what stood out about All Might to you? Did you really appreciate him as a character and you know why? You know, there was a point that you brought up before when you were talking about Deku's dad. And I really want to get onto that point before I talk about All Might. You guys mentioned that he wasn't, you said he wasn't mentioned in the anime at all, but he was. He was mentioned once uh, at the doctor's office when they were like, oh, um, he has no quirks. What are your quirks, ma'am? She said, I can move objects just mm. randomly. And he can breathe. I think it was, he can manipulate fire or he can breathe fire or something like that. So um, he was mentioned, but I, I feel that if he wasn't mentioned and then seeing this All Might relationship, I would have assumed that there's going to be a plot twist. All Might is his dad. Like, I would have assumed that. Do you see what I mean? Just because mm. how he he kind of takes care of him, despite the fact, as you said before, he is the mentor for all of the students. But at the same time, he has this kind of favoritism towards Deku. And I think maybe that's because he sees a lot of himself in in Deku. Do you see what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the fact, like, I don't know whether or not he had a quirk to begin with. He might, like only seen season one it might be the case he might not have had a quirk and then he had been given this quirk from someone else and do you see what i mean so mm -hmm. I, I feel that he probably relates to deku he probably sees a lot of himself in deku and so that's how i i see all might from looking at him but i, I also want to say that all might he he kind of portrays himself as the symbol of hope he always talks about i am the symbol of hope and and he is in this anime, it, it is the truth. Like, nothing gets done unless All Might is there, even in the end. Like, even at the end, like, who defeated Nomu? It was All Might. And he just, what I enjoyed about All Might was that he continued and he pushed himself. Why did he push himself? Because of Deku. Because he saw Deku in the beginning and he was like, you know what? I can only last three hours, but I'm going to push myself a little bit further. And because of that, he can only last one hour. Do you see what I mean now? So he continues to push himself and he continues to push himself to the point where it's it's affecting him. But it, it says a lot about his character and how he is as a person, right? He would rather go out and help people at the risk of himself, you know, than, than not to help them. So that's what I enjoyed about All Might. Yeah, he's making those sacrifices, right? Just like, you know, you'd expect a parent to do for their child, right? I think we may be reading a bit too far into this, but right? That's the way I see it. And also, you know, he's called a symbol of hope because, you know, he's always smiling, right? And his trademark line is, you know, Watashi Nakita. Don't, like, everything is fine because I am here, <laughs> right? And, I mean, I, had, I was thinking about it earlier today, right? And I was thinking of my parents, right? And, um, how do I put this? It's just, 
you don't realize it, it when you're young, right? But when you look back upon it you now as an adult, you realize that a lot of the times, right, your parents are always smiling towards you, always、uh, telling you everything was okay, even though you know things were shit, right? They were going through a lot of pain emotionally, right? And they were sacrificing everything they could for you, but but they didn't want to see. You do, they didn't want you to see them cry, right? They had to stay strong for you. So that's that that smile that All Might has, you know, reminds me of that. You know, the sacrifice that parents make for their kids, right?、Uh, in a way that he, he's making a he's he's sacrificing everything for you know the sake of the citizens. But you know, as you said, Bish, he's also doing it on a personal level for Deku. I think because、um, he sees him as that that's his future, right? That's Deku is his legacy, you know. And you know, there's a saying in Vietnamese where it's like、um, a father has succeeded, right, when their son or daughter surpasses them. And I think that's the way that All Might sees it as well, right? That Deku is his legacy. He has this involvement.、Right? He's committed to him not just because of his power, right, that he's given to him, but also because he sees, as you said, bitch, himself in Deku, right. And he sees that you know, hey, this is my future. There's there's hope as long as this kid's around, right? You know, I I enjoyed that analogy, Kevin. You know, I'm gonna give you a slow clap <laughs> there because that was amazing. I don't know, it it it, it I don't know how to explain it, Kevin. Like that that Vietnamese saying, that it's a really nice saying. But I I also want to go、Never、into the point that of saying. well, because it, it's it's Vietnamese saying. Right, so it would be a bit <laughs> weird if you knew it. Well, I mean, it's, it's very sweet. It's it's a nice saying,、um, but I I do kind of agree with you in in the sense that he is his legacy, and、uh, whether you like it or whether we like it or not, right? He is he's taking on that role. He's going to take on that role when inevitably All Might can't anymore.、Mm. So he has to make sure that this child becomes the symbol of hope. And you mentioned his smile, and that—that's something I wanted to get into as well. There's only one time in the anime where we see him where he's not smiling, Kevin, and that's—that's that's towards the end when he's beginning to fight Nomu.、Mm-hmm. And the fact that、right. he's not—it's very shocking. It's very shocking to us, and I—I know it's a straight away even before that they said, "Oh, All Might's not smiling." Like, and it—it it kind of、yeah. reminds me of the moment you know when your parents are angry at you, and then. Like they use your full name, and it's like you never called me that before. Like it's it's so oh my god, yeah, just hits so, you. <laughs> like, yeah, it hits you. It's like oh shit, shit is going down. Like when All Might doesn't smile, like you know there's something wrong. Like you know, yeah, like he gonna... looks at them and he's like, like you know he's a threat. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is the fact that the rest of the characters even acknowledge that it, it says a lot about his character. And there's one last point I wanted to mention about All Might before passing the mic off to you guys is the fact that he. He is also like not just a symbol of hope, but he kind of represents the United States. You're going into another, going into like another thing. Like not even talking about his costume or anything. Is the fact that he's very American. American. He's like yeah. I mean, he's got another <laughs> the blonde hair and everything, right? And his all his moves are named after states. You know what I what I like about his moves? Like, like he picks like the this. I don't want to say the most mundane states. But okay, Whoa, Texas he, Smash, he, I get it. That that makes sense. Texas Smash makes sense. But Delaware Smash, like I don't even know what Delaware does. Like, how? I don't even know if <laughs> Americans know what Delaware did. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know if Delaware okay, knows okay, what they do. What, what what next, right? What what else? Like, is everything a smash that way does? Main Smash. Well, no, they got lobsters, so that's cool. Like, 
I, I know that at least. They're famous for their lobsters. But it's like, I don't know how to explain it, Kevin. Like, imagine, ima okay, Alaska Smash would be badass. Like, I'm not gonna lie, that would be sick. But naming it after like like North, uh, like what, like one, one of them was like North Dakota Smash or something like that. Like, what happened to South Dakota? What, what about that? I mean, I think his inspiration, I think it, it was mentioned that like his inspiration comes like from American superheroes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think his design is also and not just his like, inspiration, but also you know clearly the intent, right? Uh, when he was designed. Yeah, because he even has like the shading and like the shading, the smile, like all of it just kind of resembles like. Yeah, it was Superman, like, honestly. Like, like heroes, like his Superman buff or, shape and like, shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting you mentioned Superman, but I I want to talk about that more so in his character design and the references that uh, that they have towards other superheroes. But I'll I'll pass it off to you guys and what what you think about All Might as a as a character i mean i said all i have to say about him as a character i do have a bit more to add about his lines which i think are golden but you know joe before we get on to that uh was there anything that stood out about all might uh to you personally was do you feel a connection honestly bish described a lot of what i thought of all might i felt like he he really stood out for a number of reasons like him being sort of like the father figure mm -hmm. For Deku, like kind of guiding him in the like in the right direction, training him to to use his, um the his pass down ability properly. Like I just it, it's kind of interesting because like All Might goes through a little bit of his own development as well. Like like after the scene with All Might telling Deku like you know you should just give up. Like you kind of see like All Might is kind of like in this like kind of slump. I guess I don't know if I should call it that, but. You could tell that, like, he... He's doubting him, right? He's doubting Deku. He's, like, he's not as heroic as, like, you would have thought he was. I thought that was the, what the show was going to be going for. I thought it was going to be, like, you know, All Might looks very heroic, but in reality, he's kind of, like, he's n he doesn't put as much of a smile as people think he think he does, like, figuratively speaking. And, and then I feel like when he saw, like, Deku, like, going in mindlessly to... Well, not mindlessly, but like recklessly to to save uh, Bakugo. He kind of, I almost kind of like inspired by that. He sees and he's like, you know what, like it's like you know what, I shouldn't be standing here. I should be like helping them because he like all all I was really doing was like standing in the crowd and watching them. But like once he sees Deku like go in like so suddenly he decides yeah, he has, like, he has you know a change what? of heart, right? Yeah, yeah. He kind of has like a bit of a change of heart and. And then All Might, they guess All Might is like, you know what? This, like, oh shit, that guy's the main like character. This... Damn, better give him my power. <laughs> in all seriousness. Well, no, like, he just, yeah, in all seriousness, like, he just, like, inspiration comes to All Might. He's like, you know what? This is, this is the person that sh deserves to, to have one. Definitely, for all. yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, uh, it was in that moment that he realized, you know what? Shit, this kid is a lot like me when I was younger, right? Because before, right, he didn't get to see, right, he didn't really yeah. get to know Deku, right? He, he just heard about how Deku was super passionate. And, he, you know, to him, I think Deku was just like, you know, another mega fan, another fanboy. But when he saw Deku right, yeah, that's kind of what I got too, right? He was like, oh shit, he's not just talk, right? He puts his, uh, what is it? Puts his money where the mouth, yeah, there I go. Exactly, yeah, right? He, he sees that he has the, characteristics of a hero right he doesn't have the powers right but that can be solved simply by giving him all for one but 
that was definitely a uh, a divisive moment in their relationship. Uh, we were talking about his American influences before, right? And I noticed that he says a lot of he has a lot of English lines throughout the anime, right? And usually, I'm not gonna lie, uh, when they use English voices in anime, right? In the sub, that is, right? Not talking about the dub here. They tend to sound like English. Yeah, it sounds like English, right? And it just sounds bad, right? Because they're, they're trying really hard, but it just doesn't sound good and all that, right? It's just annoying and cringy, right? But when All Might right. does it, I found an MHA, right? He's one of the few characters that I don't mind speaking English, right? The other one is Rika. It's just the voice is so well done, right? It's over the top. It's funny, right? Where it's like, oh my goodness, or like nonsense right just the the emotion or you know uh his yeah. funny voice coupled with his, his i think true it's just form, because he's right? like his voice is so grand yeah because like, there's so, a contrast like, between the um his hero form right all muscular and buff and shit right your typical hero and his true form right this scrawny ass guy with like black eyes and this you know weird ass voice right it's just that contrast well, i mean it's, it's a really very funny. normal voice <laughs> not when he speaks in English, though, right? he's always like over the top. I find when he when he speaks in English, right? He's really expressive. Well, with I it. mean, like when he's like in his like true form. Oh yeah, when he's yeah. like his muscles are just he's like, your gone. Typical, like, he kind of tough guy character, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mm. that was one of the things that really stood out to me that I found really memorable. Right, so props to the, the voice actor for All Night. Um, it just made the character all that much better, right? Because. No, the writing for him already is makes him a very sympathetic character. All right, he's a model uh, and a mentor that people can gravitate towards, right? Both the characters and the viewers. But man, that the voice acting I find just puts it, it just cranks it up to eleven, in my opinion, for his character. Right, like without a doubt. Like I love the voices. I love the voices of both Deku and All Might because they both had this level of like emotion. You can kind of. He, they felt they sounded a lot more human than like most voice actors ever. And, yeah, it shows in the action scenes as well as we mentioned in in our favorite moments, right? Like the baseball scene and all that. So job well done for having you know such well rounded character main characters, sorry, uh, both in writing but also in their expressiveness, right, through the voice acting. Um, but another character I wanted to talk about, guys, was Bakugo. He's like the Second main character in a way, not quite, but he is a foil to Deku, right? And it's really apparent when considering, you know, like they they grew up as childhood friends. Or he's in the first scene of the show, right? He's he's there in the very first scene when he's like beating up uh, Deku, right? So they've been through a lot of the same things at the same school, right? Have the same aspirations and goals. They go into UA together, right? Uh, but I find him interesting because he's a foil to Deku, right? Uh, there are times, right, where a lot of the other characters mentioned are like, yo, you're out you're acting outright villainous right now, right? So he's kind of an antithesis to Deku in a way. He's still a hero, but their attitudes are just so different, right? And I know, I, I I'd have to disagree there. He isn't because it's clear that he wants to be he wants to be a hero. I mean, like anti heroes okay. also I mean one Yeah. An anti hero is someone who does it, good deeds and stuff, but don't really have the same moral compass and stuff. Is your typical, you know, uh, goody two shoes white knight hero, right? Like, 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they're a little more of like they're not exactly heroes. Yeah. They're like a little like closer to like the like the villainous side, but they still kind of do good deeds for exactly. some reason in the um, plot. But that that's that's what yeah. that's what an anti-hero. Well, that, is. I know that's what I'm saying. So I do, I do find him to be an anti-hero because right? like it, oh. there's no confusion about it. He it was explicitly stated that he is a bully. The first scene of the show is him like beating up another kid, right? And he he makes fun of uh, Deku and stuff, right? So it's clear that. Well, yeah. the fact that he calls him Deku exactly. is making fun of him, right? Like, he's he's trying to call him... He's trying yeah, exactly. to say you're useless. Right? Bakugo is... Point. I mean, I don't want to cut, cut off again, but I... Bakugo is just a very interesting a complex character, character to me. He's, he's very complex. Like, because he... I'm not, I mean that seriously. I'm not even, like, joking about that. I... Because... Like, so it's not as clear in the beginning, but, like, as you progress through the show, you kind of see that what he, what his intentions are actually, are actually quite good. Like, he, like, they're not, they're, they're, his intentions are quite innocent, but he expresses those intentions through anger. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, and I don't know like if hostility. innocent is quite the right word. I think, like, perhaps he has... I mean, I mean, not innocent, not, I want, I'm not saying Baku himself is innocent, I'm saying his intentions are innocent. Like, he... He wants to become a hero just like Deku. He wants to strive to be like the num like the greatest hero. Is they both you can tell like he, they both admire All Might. Like he and but the way he expresses it, it has like a level are of hostility. A, a lot of like oh my god, is I'm are sorry? you saying Bakugo's a Sundere? Bakugo no, confirmed Sundere in 2018. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's a son, the son. Like no, I I'm not because he's not like. It's just it's he's not angry because like, he's not angry to hide his yeah, feelings. He's just naturally angry. Mm. And but like Actually, even I would, then I would... he's still like, mm. but like even then he's still trying his best to be very strong and be the number one hero. He wants to surpass All Might, but he still admires All Might and sees him as a reason for becoming a hero like he's very similar to deku but like when you like but they're like two sides of yeah, the same they're, coin. they're foils right but i mean i have to i agree with you on him being angry and stuff right him being an anti-hero for sure but i would not say that his I, i'd still disagree in you saying that he is innocent right because yes he has he has the right his intentions are innocent right well, yeah, that's why. That's why I just said. I'm saying his intentions I, are. Innocent. I wouldn't I'm even say his intentions are innocent is. because yeah, okay, he wants to be a hero, sure. But if you look at the flashbacks, right, um, he knows exactly what he's doing when he you know beats up Deku and shit, right? When he he's not like he's accidentally hurting uh, a Deku, right? He knows full well that he is bullying Deku, right? He's making fun of him, hurting him. He knows what he's doing, right? He knows the consequences on Deku, right? Well, that's what I mean. It's like he. It's, that's what makes him so complex to me. Like, he's just... Sometimes, like, he's just so hard to understand. But then there are times where... Like, although it's difficult, you can kind of see, like... What he wants to do through his yeah, anger. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's definitely... You can see what his intentions are. Even even though in the first season, right? You don't get to see uh, his full backstory, right? You do get hints that, you know... The reason why he's so pissed at Deku is because he's... What pisses him off is... His, he can't explain Deku's perseverance, right? He's quirkless. He's supposed to be, you know, rubbish, right? Crawling at his feet, right? But Deku doesn't act that way, 
right? He, despite everything going against him, Deku always has his chin up, right? He's always gunning for his goal, no matter what, right? And that's what pisses him off, as we've seen in the flashbacks, right? But right, right. even yeah. though I can understand that, you know, because, you know, childhood is a time where a lot of people have issues and stuff, right? And those issues carry on into adolescence, as, we, as you see with Bakugo. I still don't really like him, even after my second watch through. I, I didn't like him the first time, and I still don't quite like him in the first season, mind you, um, the second time we watching it. The, the reason for that is because like he's like the worst parts of Sasuke and Eren combined, where it's like he's just... He is the edgelord, right? So I said that Deku isn't an edgelord, and he isn't annoying. Bakugo is you know, the incarnation of that. He's so over the top about being the best hero, right? He has no human side to him. He's just, you can't quite relate to him, right? He's supposed to be a prodigy, but he acts like a complete fucking dick to everyone, right? There is no relatable side yet, right? There's an understandable side to him. You can see where his flaws come from, but can you sympathize for him? Can you say that, you know, hey, he's a good person, I like him? Not quite. So he's just so focused on being the best and the center of attention that he'll push others down, right? He's the type of guy that, you know, who'd be drowning and who'd push you down into the water if you were trying to save him, right? That's why I don't like about him, right? His entire personality in the first season revolves around hating Deku and being pissed constantly, right? It just, it feels like so typical for a Shonen character, right? I hate to say it, but that's how it is, right? Um, it's just, again, is it understandable? Yes, but just because something's understandable doesn't mean that I have to like him, and I still don't like him within the first season, right? He doesn't get enough development, in my opinion, and that's the problem, right? That aside, though, he he does have a badass quirk. Yeah, he does have a badass quirk. I, I agree with you I, on his quirk. I think his quirk is really cool. His character, not so much. There was something that Joe kind of mentioned before, saying that his intentions were, were innocent. But I, I really want to explain why I disagree with that. Because there is no way for us to know what his intentions are or the true meaning behind Well, that's what I mean. It goes back to what I said about how complex he is. Like, he he doesn't really make it clear. It's a lot, like, a lot of it in the first season is really up to interpretation and how you read into it. Regardless, I, okay, Deku definitely admires and looks up to All Might because of his personality, because, you know, he's the symbol of peace, right? And he aspires to be All Might. I think the thing that uh, separates the way that they admire All Might is that I don't think Bakugo is looking to be the symbol uh, of hope or peace, right? He's not... I think that the reason why he looks up at All Might is because of the stats, right? The number. The fact that he's number one, right? I think that he, um, Bakugo more so sees All Might as, you know, um, a stepping stone, right? That's his goal, right? To be the best hero. But not because he doesn't look, he doesn't seek to, you know, enshrine the same values and ideals as him, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd say that's still, that's very unclear, like, well, at least with the first season. I, I would like to pose a question for you guys, um, particularly Kevin. Kevin, do you feel that, for example, if, if Old Might wasn't number one, and let's say it was a different guy, like um, like a razor head or best genist, right, or, so, or or anything like that. Do you best do you, genist? Do you feel that Kachan would still want to be number one? Absolutely, or, or, yeah. Or if it's uh, something that is more Deku based, because I I feel I, that 
it's irrelevant. I, yeah, I think it's irrelevant. Whether it be All Might or Aizawa or whatever, I think that it's just that he wants to be the best regardless of who the, the top person is, right? Whether it's Deku, whether it's All Might, you know, he just wants to be the best. And that's clear from the start, right? When he first discovers his quirk, right? He's like, he gets this power trip. And he's like, oh shit, I am special. I am exceptional. And everybody should be following me. Everyone should be cowering before me, right? Because I am amazing and nobody else is he, he right? has his and that's complex, the source right? yeah he's he kind of got this like superiority complex right and uh you know i think that his conflicts with deku stem from that everything comes back to that central point of him being ex exceptional like cause, again it even shows in his performance he was the first he's the top ranking student to get into ua that year right he was number one so he's super competitive super fierce right um and I don't think that he, again, admires All Might for his personality or his values like Deku does, right? Because Deku sees the man, right? He sees the hero, but he sees the man and his values. Bakugo, in my opinion, sees the numbers, the statistics, right? The, the amount of rescues that he's had, right? The amount of publicity that he has, the admiration that everyone else has for him. He doesn't see uh, why uh, All Might does what he does. Whereas I think Deku has a fuller picture. Right, because he truly wants to be All Might, where Bakugo just wants to surpass uh, the guy who happens to be in first place, right? Because of his super competitive personality, and, and I think that's what distinguishes him. So again, I mean, yes, he's complex, but I can't bring myself to say that. You know what? I like him because in the first season, it's just he. There's not much I can I can find. Uh, that would distinguish him from other characters in Shonen, right? Like he reminds me of Sasuke, so much of Sasuke, right? He's super like over the top about this one goal and that's his entire personality, right? Unlike Deku, where I can be like, you know what? Yeah, his thought processes, his uh, relatability of being, you know, the underdog, being quirkless, his passion, his perseverance is what makes him stand out from the rest of the Shonen crowd. I can't say the same things about Bakugo, unfortunately. He's just... He's, he's like the the Gary, you know, the arch nemesis of the protag, right? That's super angry and super competitive all the time. For now, in the first season, at least. That's all I have to say. Well, <laughs> it's interesting that you mention Gary, right? Because there is a lot of, and you will find this out later uh, when we talk about character design, but there's a lot of um, Pokemon references that I found in this anime. So Did you? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pokemon was the last thing that came to my mind. Uh, I'll explain why later on. That's all the, it for the. I think that's like the top three characters that were really important in terms of the the pro tags. I'm gonna move on to uh, the side cast now, right? And I, I think I'm gonna get a bit of flack for. Oh, Chaco. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna get a bit of flack for saying that Chaco isn't a main character, right? Because she is, but in the first season, she doesn't quite feel like one yet. She feels like a know? plot device. For the most part. Yeah. Uh, and she kind of does, right? How um, dare you? But I have to completely agree with Abish here, right? Um, I don't I don't have anything against Ochako and like Bakugo. I don't hate her, right? But even she is, let's be real, she's kind of the typical love interest, right? She's really nice, right? She's like Linda. Except Linda, I find, you know, you see her their pasts, her, her past with protagonists, right? So you get to see her character develop over time. But... I feel that, you know, even after two rewatches, I can't say that, you know, yeah, this is the one thing that makes Ochako stand out, other than her being nice. That, like, 
the only thing that you know about Ochako in the first season is that she's nice, she's kind, and that she's the love interest. She's you know being set up to be the love interest of of Deku. Yeah, but have you seen that hair? I mean, we'll we'll get into a design she in a second. She's really of- cute, right? But in in terms of the character, right, her development, her personality, um, there's not much I can say. There's not much that distinguishes her in my eyes from the rest of the cast. Yeah, okay, sure, she was, you know, uh, she was pretty crafty in uh, the training arc, right, against Ida and Bakugo, but even then, I mean, other characters were crafty as well. Yeah, I, I find right? that there was there was a lot um, of characters that had more sort of relevance to this to this season of anime, right? Like Sue and um, even, I, ah, I don't want to be rude, but even like Minata, like, Omineta, like I, I feel that he was more as a character. He oh, that's a bit harsh, but that's my personal okay, opinion because yeah. she just feels like something to make the plot continue, and it's unfair to her as a character. I would like to see more of her, uh, a more serious um, story, or not sorry, character development from her. Because at the moment, it, when you first met her, okay, it made sense that you met her mm. so that he can save her, right? That was the only. Re- she's the only reason he got into UA. By the way, that that. If she wasn't there, he wouldn't have gone into UA. That's something. So she w- she was there to drive the plot to the next point. Um, mm. Even later on, I don't think we see enough of her to, to, to justify her being something other than a plot device. I can't really... I mean, honestly, I can't really say that as a valid reason because a lot of stories... Like, if you don't have, like, certain characters, like, like, filling out a certain role, then you're not really, like building a story that's what a plot device the stories is, don't right? tell they're important because well, yeah, of I mean, what they do in the story not necessarily because of their i mean with that, men- with that like mentality that you can say like a lot like pretty much every character is a no. plot device like Wait, every the characters okay, are yeah. what drives the every story. character can be a plot device but not every character is just a plot device and i think that's why it makes a difference right because all might yeah he's the one who gives uh, the quirk to Deku, right? But he's, you know a lot more about him, about his personality, his background and stuff uh, through flashbacks, through his conversations, through his actions, right? With Ochako, I suppose you know, like, now that, I suppose now that I think about the first season, she she didn't really have much of a role. Yeah, I mean, she, she was there much and she was nice, but that's all it. I can I can say, honestly, right? I can't comment on the other seasons yet because we aren't getting there yet, but Within the first season, unfortunately, um, I don't know. I, I don't feel that like, uh, she's been given justice, right, for the importance. Yeah, that yeah, she I, has. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, makes sense. Other than that, though, I think another character who deserves a very honorable mention. And I think that actually, surprisingly, for the amount of screen time that he has, gets a lot more development uh, than Ochako is Aizawa, Aizawa Sensei. Right, because he's a bad oh, like yes, you know, my boy. My he's boy. the the typical you know uh, super tough sensei. Right, reminds me a lot of Kakashi. Right, that's what I I thought of when I first saw him. These Naruto references. Okay. No, but you know, like remember when Kakashi was like being super harsh with him, and after the first mission they did, they did together, or the first training event they did together, right? Kakashi was like, "Oh yeah, you guys have to be working against one another. Get the bells from me, right?" And at the end, it was like, "Lol, surprise! Actually, I was trying to get you guys to work together the entire time, but I was pitting you guys against each other, right?" And that's the same thing that Aizawa did, right? So it was a he. He does it in a way that like he just hates himself, though. <laughs> Like you see him, like he had, like when he when he speaks, every time he speaks, he just sounds like dead. 
It's like, oh, okay, like, next you're gonna do this. But, like, he's, he's like the guy who cares, but doesn't, but doesn't care to, like, improve his yeah, voice. Yeah, he's just, like, <laughs> that's part of, you know, his character, his meme. Well, that's what makes him right? so good. I love um, him. And I'm glad that like, he didn't stay that way, right? That Here's the thing, right, about the difference between him and Ochako, right? If he didn't stay, you know, the meme of a teacher who was always, you know, super apathetic and, you know, tired and shit all the time, right? He goes in, like, full badass mode, right? When he goes to, you know, sacrifice himself, put his life on the line for his students, right? You see him in action, and you see a different side of him, right? Whereas you don't really quite get that with Ochako, unfortunately, right? But anyways, enough about her. Aizawa is a badass. His quirk is fucking awesome, too, right? It's... It's not like a, an OP quirk, right? Where it is OP, right? But well, you can't you can't really call even then you can't call it OP because when he blinks, then it like the quirk ends. Yeah. It's just the problem. Is, like it's like you can like it's very strong, yeah. but you can only hold like hold your eyes open for like yeah. a few seconds before you have the blink. Exactly. That's just like Deku's. That's why. That's why I loved seeing him in combat, right? He was able to take out the goons effortlessly, but he was struggling against um, Tomura and Nomu, right? And seeing, you know, heroes have weaknesses, that's refreshing, right? Because, you know, it, it gives some depth to them. They aren't just this OP plot device 100% of the time, right? You know, it, it's interesting with, with Aizawa is, is the fact that his quirk, it, as you mentioned, he's not super OP in the sense that his quirk has its own weaknesses. Like, he can't go up to the... What's his name? The, uh... The, the eagle guy. What, what's his name? I forgot his name. Like, the guy that has, like, body, like... He has the head of, like, a crow or something. Like, he can't disable his quirk as, as you mm -hmm. know, as mentioned. Yeah. Or, or Toru. He's... Toru's in, like... Uh, I wish. Bish I really wish. wants... Boy. Bish really wants Toru's, like, quirk to... Just disintegrate. Oh, I would. I don't so, know. Like, don't I would don't like we all, Joe? Let's be real. Don't we all? <laughs> no, not really. No, I don't. Wow. I don't mean it in a pervy way. I just mean like I just want to see the character design for <laughs> for Toru because at the moment all she is is she's a school uniform. That's that's what Toru is, or she's a pair of gloves. That's what she is. Like. Anyway, don't you fucking objectify Toru, you piece of trash. No, no, no. Here's what's gonna happen. Like Toru's gonna be revealed. Bish is gonna see how like ugly she is, and then Bish is gonna be like, you know, I never, I never wanted what to see this. What if Toru is actually Nomu? It got the face of Nomu. What would, what would you do, man? What would you... No, what would you I do? Don't know That's what, what I, I want to know. Would, I don't, it's not about me. I don't know. I, I just want to see all the people that love Toru. If someone needs to do like fan art or something of of Toru cosplaying as Nomu, that'd be fucking hilarious. But you wouldn't see it, so I could just do it now and say, there you go. That's fan art. Um, but yeah, Aizawa's cool. I felt like really connected to him. Uh, like, as you said, I, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this fucking douchebag. And then towards the end, when I saw him sacrifice, like, I was like, fuck yeah. And especially when he was getting beaten down, I was like, nah, if he dies, I'm out. I'm out. Like, do you know what I mean? If, if Aizawa dies, I, I just don't know how to continue this, this show. So I'm glad that at least for now, he's alive. Just saying. And, and the yeah, fact he, that he you grows see that change... You. Yeah, he grows on you. That's what I like about that. Because it, it just speaks a lot about his character development. That at the beginning, I hated him. And towards the end, I, I absolutely love him. Great character development. Uh, I 
I mean, while we're, like, before we, like, move on, I really want to talk about... I just want to give an honorable, honorable mention to my boy, Kaminari. He's oh, a real tra- oh he's Kaminari, the, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he can shoot electricity on himself, but, the, like, the more electricity he he shoots the out, he the, the dumber he gets. Was that his quirk? Yeah. yeah, that's his. Well, that's his quirk. He can shoot electricity, but the problem, the drawback is that if he uses too much, he's the guy who he fought with Momo. See, no, I know Australia. that, but I, I didn't know that. He, I didn't know that he gets dumb. He's, he's the one who like who fought with uh, with Jiro. Yeah. No, I know, I know that, but I didn't know about his quirk and him becoming like dumb because of using his quirk. I, he, they give him like a bit. Of, they give him a couple scenes during uh, during the fights with the villains. Where like he'll use electricity, but the problem is that when he uses too much, like he he'll just his brain, be like dumbfounded. Turns yeah, into he, fr- a he basically fries himself. I saw that, and I never understood what was the reason behind. It. I was like, why is he like? No, there was literally text explaining that is that was happening. Uh, no one fucking reads the text. In <laughs> yeah, the anime. Bish this... was too busy staring at Momo. Sorry, I know I wasn't That's staring why. at Momo. I was staring yes, at the headphone were. jack girl because you know. Psh- I love Jiro. A spicy meatball, but what I'm saying is, no one reads those texts in the anime unless it. I unless think it that's just you. Frame. Shot. I no, read man. it. Look, even even in like cells at work, yeah, I don't the, read the text. So I'm like, then I'd I'd love to know how you understand any of these well, characters because they give them that character intro. That's why I understand, and a lot of characters didn't get it in this season. Yeah, I think so Bish only looks at characters' assets, and then he just he just uh, guesses the story from there. That's what it is. Like I look. You know, I, I saw Sue and I saw, you know, she looked like a frog. And I was like, all right, I get this character. She's a frog. Like, it's just that simple. Sue is adorable. Yeah, I love her. She's a thing for frogs. Can we talk about Sue? Can we talk about what? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, she she was by far, like, well, the best. My boy. Well, the best heroes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I find that she's really cool as a character. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not really a big fan of her quirk, but as a character, she's just so quirky. No pun intended. She's very smart. She's very intelligent. She she calculates just as much as Deku, I would say. And it, it's refreshing to see another character that is that intellectual. Yeah, she doesn't feel like a, a side character in terms of her capabilities, right? She oh, refl- yeah, she goes not, through the right? same things as Deku, right, during fights. So it's like, like, oh, shit, right? She's not just there as a purely as a plot device. Oh, yeah, that she's got some potential. We don't necessarily right? see her fully coming up to that potential, right? But at the same time, it's there. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like, I want to see more about her in second season because she's such an interesting character. And it's not about her design or the fact that she looks like a frog. Like, nothing about that. But it's it's more so the fact that she noticed. She was like, oh, you have the same um, quirk as All Might. That's what got me. The fact that she said that and the fact that she noticed that while everyone else in the anime just didn't care. Or the fact that, you know, when, when Kachan was explained to, he just didn't give a shit. He didn't believe it. But, you know, I, I feel that, you know, if, if Deku had told her, she would have, like, believed it or understood it somewhat. Do you see what I mean? So that, that's the difference. That's why I like her a lot, because she's very intuitive. As well. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, since I, I got a feeling, right, I can't confirm it. But since we're talking about Tsuyu, I now want to move on to your favorite and least favorite characters. Bish, um... Who is your favorite character? I have a I have a gut feeling. Well, three possible characters for you. Okay, I'll I'll tell you who my favorite character is, and and what what I really want to mention is this does get a bit serious, so I'll explain it. Um, All Might, 
And it's not because All Might is this OP superhero or because he's a symbol of hope. I think it, what, what kind of makes All Might my favorite character is just him. Like, when he was injured and in his injured state, he, before he explained it, you know, I didn't... No one's going to assume that he's he's lost his, like, vital organs. You see what I mean? But for me, it, it, it just... I assumed he had cancer or he, he was, like, terminally ill because he's quite skinny. He's, he's coughing out blood. He... D- do you see what I mean? That happens when someone has cancer. It happens. And for me, it grounded the character in reality. And I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain. Like, for me, my dad was like All Might. So I, I kind of had this kind of relationship with All Might as soon as I saw him. He was he was my role model. He was my superhero. And he still is. And I think much like All Might, he was looking out for me. He was making sure I was okay whilst he was ensuring that I learned some really good life lessons. And I think more more so like just like my dad i saw a strength in all might's weakness and that might sound a bit odd you might think okay he's how can you find a strength in someone's weakness and i feel that the fact that he went out to fight and save his students even if his own life was on the line was i feel reminiscent of my own dad who was a fighter until the end i think he didn't let his condition stop him from what he needed to do to protect to teach and to fight like all might so to me i i know it's it's, it's hard to explain but I see All Might as his figurehead, a fatherly, and his presence, and even his skinny, injured state kind of brought tears to my eyes. I feel like I came to the realization that, you know, after many years, after 15 years of his passing, it didn't change my opinion on him, and it didn't change negatively. And, and looking at All Might made me feel that emotion. And it made me underestimate my own dad's strength, looking at All Might, because he was very reminiscent of, of All Might. And I think much much like Deku and All Might who continued to fight through his injury you know it stopped him for more than three hours and I think he still he still continued and I don't know I I just I feel that father figure that connection that personal connection to to All Might and because of that because of his injured state and and I think it's a very I think for anyone who has uh, family members or anyone who who knows anyone that's going through a terminal illness I think it all Might can be a very strong role model because it, it doesn't... He, he definitely has a lot of symbolism to him. It does. And I, I feel that, you know, looking specifically looking at All Might, you know, when I was a kid, when, when I saw my dad was ill, it didn't change the fact that my dad was ill. Like, it, me, like I didn't know... I realized he was ill, but I, I didn't feel he was ill because I still saw that All Might figure. Do you see yeah, what I mean? It, Just kind of like... Kind of like, like Deku, we said earlier. Like Deku it, didn't realize... You see the smile, right? Uh, that... Despite yeah. all you know, all the pain and everything that they're going through, all the sacrifices they have to make, right? They show you that smile, right? To to keep you strong, to keep you in good spirits, right? And yes, I definitely agree that you know, All Might is definitely is an inspiration for anyone who is who has uh, a family member who has a terminal illness, right? But even for me, right? I've had uncles and stuff with cancer, but no one I've had I haven't known anyone personally who has had terminal illness but i still feel that connection because i find that at the end of the day yes he he's sick right he's got these drawbacks but he doesn't let that define him right i find that all might is so relatable uh and so just so important as a character because he embodies the parent right not just a dad just a parent in general and more importantly Mm. if i could describe all might with one word um, I wouldn't even say, you know, hero or, you know, strength or whatever. I'd say that the one thing that I think that he embodies to me is 
like you said, it's sacrifice, right? And I think that's one of the defining traits of a parent, of a family member, right? Someone who's willing to sacrifice for you. That is to say, they're willing to put themselves at a disadvantage, right? Doing something for your benefit that will not give them any benefit or, you know, more often than not, be a detriment to them because they love you, right? So that's why I find him so important as a character and just so inspiring right to viewers so i can definitely see where you come from so he he was one of my favorites and and kind of talking from that i feel that deku also in in relation are you cheating also man? one of my favorites. two favorite characters okay i have to have two they go hand in hand because i feel that deku i see a lot of myself in him uh wanting wanting to achieve goals that seem seemingly impossible um, and not giving up, doing the right thing, even if it causes him harm. I, I just, like, what made him my favorite character was was seeing him save Kachan against a villain without even a quirk. Like, who the fuck does that? Or, like, saving Ochako in, in risk of breaking his own limbs. He knew he would break his limbs, right? And if Ochako didn't come and, like, do the zero gravity thing on him, he would have fucking died. He knew that those were the risks, and he still went after them. That's why I like him. Um, what about you guys? Who are your favorites? Well, for me, um, All Might and Deku, you know, are, are strong contenders. That goes out saying, right? And honestly, I would say they're my favorites, right? But aside from them, because like, I'm honestly taking, uh, you know, All Might and Deku being favorite characters as a given, honestly. But I want to give an honorable mention to Ida, all right? Um, he's kind of like my best boy, you know? Because he's presented as this very, you know, no bullshit, very serious character at first. Right? He's kind of like the nerd at first, right? But he grows on you because he's like, he's a bro. He's the broske. Ah, stop. Start with this fucking broske shit. All that's right? what, that's Every what Ida anime is, though. that we talk about. No, okay. You, you know what, Kevin? I don't want to call you out on your shit. But this broske shit's got to stop. But every they, character they you. Why do you love broske? Not every Why character. Do you love but character? I gotta give shout outs. Okay, mister, I need to push you into every single Come episode on. we do. Look, look, dude. The broske situation. Like, I don't know. Like, you, you do raise a good point. I like Ida in the sense that he is the bro character, right? But at the same time, uh, he's like, he's two up his own ass. At least in the beginning. Could you elaborate, actually? I, I'm curious to see why you say that. Because if you said that about Bakugo, yeah, I, I completely agree, right? But I, I find that what distinguishes them is that Ida can be humble, right? When he, he apologizes and shit, right? And his, his intentions are truly innocent, right? He's just, he wants the best for everyone, right? He is the natural leader, Right, and I see you said that you see yourself a lot in Deku. I see a lot of myself in Ida. Right, being being a former cadet and stuff. Right, um, just he's so disciplined and you know he takes things seriously. Right, he has a passion for it. He has the same passion as Deku. Right, he's just, but he's so serious about it. Right, he wants to be a good leader. He's he wants to live up to his family's expectations. Right, that's something that I can definitely sympathize with right and he's that, funny that's the difference between deku Too, and, and right? him is that deku doesn't really have people's shoes to fill in at least not before the the quirk happened but he has these shoes to fill in like he wants his his yeah. role model he has to live up yeah, to these expectations for himself for yeah. and expectations that his family members sure. have set on him and it's true and doubt. like his role model is not all might his role model is his brother do you see what i mean so it's it's uh, yeah 
Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I see like um, Aida like as somebody like I'm glad they didn't make him into like a Joe character, like somebody who was like who was serious for the sake of being serious. Like that's just kind of how he is. Like, but and he also has very like honest, uh, honest yeah, intentions. You get to see his honest, motivations, like, right? You know, why he does what he yeah, does. Yeah, and like he mm. feels like a very and strong that, character as a I, result. You know when you say the whole Broske thing. I kind of took it as an insult towards either because, let's be real, Broske characters or the bro characters in anime tend to be punching bag for jokes, right? Whether it's uh, Shu or whether it's um, or Yosuke in in Persona. Oh, Shu again. Uh, Yosuke so, again. You I mean? So you're no different. Yeah, but you, you do realize that the Broske thing comes from Yosuke, right, Joe? Wait, was no Joe? That's right. Joe wasn't there for the Persona episode, so he doesn't know. But the origin of Broske is from. No, I, I know, I know about it. I listened to the episode, right? <laughs> so that's why you, you can't give this shit for bringing up Yosuke because he is the original, the original Broske. Well, yeah, it's named after right? him. The OG. No, no, no. You know who he is? He's the Bro Yuji. No, there's no, there's no Bro Yuji's. There's no. It's Broske. All right, let's get that done. It's Broske. But what I wanted to mention no, is that he's kind of reminiscent of um, uh, Kevin. Forgive me for saying this, but he's reminiscent of Sky High. <laughs> from, hey, from, Sky from High! Yeah, you know why? Because when I saw him, the entire anime is Sky High. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not talking about the TV show <laughs> Sky High. I'm talking about Sky High from Tiger and Bunny, the character. You know, you know, you oh, know what oh, I him. saw. Um, <laughs> what made me feel that was, you know, when he. When he used the zero gravity to kind of um, fly effectively, it it just was like that, and and his suit just reminded me of Sky High. Like I felt, I felt the Sky High within him, right? To me, I felt the power. <laughs> he just reminds me. He reminds me a lot of Sky High in the sense that he's very admirable. He has this kind of. I don't know how to explain it. It's like he he feels very regal in a sense, right? Like he has this expectation from his family. He feels royal. Like he feels like, oh, look at me. And I, I feel like if I wasn't to look at the dub, right? Or I would imagine if, if they were dubbing him in English, if he would have a British accent. Oh, yeah, he's like the crown prince, you know? He, he's like he the, the crown prince of bros. Yeah, that that's my favorite character, right? Um, no. Again, I think that you, I said all I had to say about All Might and Dev Cube before, right? I'm talking about characters, and you brought up him as your favorite character. But Ida, I think, honestly deserves an honorable mention, um, is my favorite character. Now, Joe, I'm interested to see who do you have as best characters. Other than, you know, All Might and Deku, but, you know. This is very hard. Okay, why is Ochako your best character? <laughs> no, she's... Honestly, I, I can't choose one like honestly like i i can't bring myself to just choose one because all of them well i mean most of them i'm, I'm not i'm not even gonna say oyama is my like part of my favorites in the first season but uh i i would there were so many characters that were just so like wonderful to me and kind of resonated with me in some way like if i had to choose anybody i'd have to say deku because of, like the reasons i described earlier but like honestly like even if not every character gets the same amount of development each one brought something to the table that that connected with me in one way or another and okay kind of made me feel right. really good you know what i'm i'm going to i want to see what you say next actually cuz i want to find out what your least favorite characters are oh, aoyama. aoyama for me it's 
But hang on. So do you connect with Aoyama in a way? Do you speak French? Do you shoot no. lasers out of your belly button too, Joe? Sometimes. Sometimes. Only right. on weekends. I can feel that. I can feel that. Uh, yeah, but for me, um, honestly, it's because <laughs> yes, Aoyama is kind of like a meme that's not even really funny, but I find Mineta is like, forgive me. He's the shoe of this anime. Honestly, right? He's just I I oh my I, god! I fucking hate him. Do you know any other character other than fucking no, but shoe? shoe? Is like the the Please. incarnation of shitty shitty do, perfect do, character. Do you watch? Is do you watch like Nisekoi before every recording? No, it's just, I, I, like is that what's going I on? Think of a perfect character, right? I think of shoe, and it just boils my blood. Right? It's like Mikasa, you know. I just I get angry just fucking thinking of him. I, like, just saying his name pisses me off, right? So that's what Mineta is, right? He's a trope that's necessary in anime. No, he's... You would lose fucking nothing if Mineta... He's not necessary. You gave Ochako shit for being a plot device. He's a plot device and a shitty meme, all right? I'm sorry, that's what he is, all right? He's... We were talking earlier about how, you know, um, despite being a shonen, despite following a lot of the same general lines is a lot, a lot of other shonens, right, shows in the genre, it stands out, right, um, because of its characters. This is, like, the exact opposite of that, right? Mineta is the, the opposite of that. And Aoyama as well, but I just, again, I find him less annoying than Mineta, right? It's like, he was still, he would be, like, the second worst character for me. Because, like, like even though, like, I strongly disliked like his whole persona he still had a bit of use he still had some sort of like use in this well well, i mean no like let me finish he had like he contributed in some way to the story aoyama did almost nothing yeah i agree with joe in that sense like they're both shit characters but i feel that aoyama is worse i think we give aoyama too much fucking of a mention on, on this podcast for how shit of a character he is, honestly. He doesn't deserve that much of a mention. But you know who does deserve that much of a mention? Who does, Kevin? Tell us. My best girl. Who? And Who's your best girl? It's Toru. Okay. Um, man, I, I'm fucking... Okay, I, I guess I'll have to say we're only allowed to have one, right? But I'll give an honorable mention. A runner-up, okay? So first one is Toru. Uh, it's the mystery, you know? It's like, what does she look like, right? What oh. if she's the the fucking you know head of the League of Villains? We would we would never know. She could point, be actually. the mastermind behind the League of Villains, but we don't know because we don't see her. Well, so you mean when she turns visible again, you're just gonna look at her and be like, and then you're gonna see like a, like a, something on her skin that says, "I am the mastermind." Who knows? I mean, yo, that that'd be a fucking awesome plot twist, right? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Just the the mystery, right, is what makes her interesting as a character. But also, honorable mention is. Momo, all right, and uh, this is typical, but as an engineering student, right, someone who can create no like whatever they want just by thinking of it, like you know that's pretty fucking badass. And also her design, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't hurt. Do you know about the drawback to her quirk though? It takes a lot of energy, no, or it takes a lot of time, isn't it? Well, it takes a lot. It uses her lipids, but not just that. Like if she wants to make something big, if she wants to make something that's that that's like the size of her entire body or more, like for example, if she want to make a tank, she'd have to take off all her clothes. How is that a drawback? You know, like I mean, because you know, in battle it will be a drawback. <laughs> no, like it's actually really funny because I mean, here's a little bit, here's a little fact. Uh, 
she when she was designing her costume the reason she can't like she can't it's like her she wanted to make it as like she wanted to show as much skin as possible so that she'd be able to like make larger objects and make more of them but uh but showing too much skin is against hero laws so she had to like had to she had to reach a minimum um my Toru? best girl or momo it's or both. Toru. But Toru is like my runner-up. My best girl has to be Su. Just because the way she talks, just it's too too much, man. It's, it's so hilarious. Yeah, she does have a really good voice. I said it before. Her voice actor is godly. I love yeah. it. The, both, the monotone um, and then the way... Like, she act, like it makes me feel like she is a frog. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. so cool. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I did also want to mention the fact that she's very, like unique in terms of a character design i just wanted to mention that I, I don't know it's just it was also going back to the points that we mentioned that she's very smart and whatever that's why she's best girl like just because and to be honest i feel wrong saying that there's a best girl in this anime like i, I don't know it doesn't feel like an anime where i could usually just say best girl once and for all do you know what i mean but this one i had to choose i, ha I just feel like i had to choose and then we go on to ochako okay joe you basic bitch. Sorry. <clears throat> it's just I, the, 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 honestly, the funny thing is the thing that makes me that makes me like Ochako the most is that she's the most like aside from Deku, like she's like the most ordinary. Yeah, she's the, she's so ordinary. She should be listed on Amazon Basics. Like that's what she is. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> what it is? Somebody call a fucking ambulance! Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Basic doesn't no, mean it bland. Does. It does. She's no, exactly no name brand. That's what she is. Yeah, no, no she's no. bish. Amazon Basic is a good brand. She's, she's Tesco. She's Tesco everyday I have, value. I have That's used. What she is. I'm gonna say of every country what they got like. That's what it is, man. She's Costco Kirkland, uh, like brand. That's what she is. Yeah, I honestly, use both Costco brands and hey, Amazon Basics brands. They're Costco, both great. Costco's not basic. No, Cos Costco Costco's is amazing, fucking awesome. That's yeah, that's what, what I mean. I, but Ochako isn't Costco. Costco Ochako is like the type of gal to like wear a white t-shirt to a, you know, to a ball. Honestly, she's like Cinderella without the fucking dress. You know, like yeah, in season one. Just, in season one. All right. She's just so cute. She pukes. She pukes rainbow puke when she gets sick. <laughs> what she does? Yeah. I didn't know. After she, that. Joe's like, how can you not notice that? I fapped to that for like a straight week. Bish, <laughs> 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 wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Bish, you still with us? I, Is he I'm. I need to be. I need to be resuscitated. That's how much I'm laughing. It's too. <laughs> I know usually we shit on you know characters we hate. I don't hate Ochako. It's just I don't get your you like Ochako because of the other seasons, right? But we're talking about first season Ochako. No, 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 no. Right? I mean no, first season I I really like her. I just there's something about her that kind of like stuck to me as soon her as vomit? I saw her. <laughs> well, no, no. What the fuck? Kevin. Oh my Kevin, god. Kevin, you gave me no, shit. I, you gave me shit for the foot fetish, that. right? But this this is on another level. What a no! I don't like. I, I was trying to. I was trying to lean to the point that she was just so damn cute in season one. She was just like such an adorable character, and she was like she was just just at the same time she was also like Deku could like really like Deku and Ochako like 
related to each other very well. That's what I really liked. It's like, I felt like Deku, like, the reason, like, Deku and Ochako's, like, connection is so strong is because I think they can kind of, like, like, they can kind of sympathize with each other. Okay, I have a question for you. Should they smash? Or do you think they will smash? Yes. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. I mean, like, she's... she's it is the up. true OTP. Well, because, like, there's no fucking alternative. Although, actually, no. No, I'd say that I was trying. Too. I was trying to make a joke. So, there, you know, no, I didn't want to bring up OTPs in here because I don't think there are many ships to have in this show. But, honestly, I think that Tsu and that would be a better item for me, personally. Because I was like, you know what? Tsu shows some potential the first season, right? Whereas Ochako, she... She a basic bitch, but not necessarily in the bad way. You know, she's just... She's like plain cut chips, right? You know, like, why would you take plain chips? Why would you take plain ruffles when they're like all dressed chips right beside, you know? Like, she's nothing bad about her, but nothing special about her either, you know? Like, <laughs> that that said, though, like, I have to give an honorable mention to to my girl, Mina. I, like, next, like, I, like, Ochaku's, like, really, like, I love Ochaku the most, but Mina comes very close for me. She's just like I, I I love how like outgoing she is, like how easygoing and how like just how like energetic she is. She just sure. I feel like she was one of like the students that stood out a lot to me. I you know I I think that's just you in the first season because she does literally nothing in the first season. You know you're you're talking shit about Aoyama being useless, right? Mina does sh fuck all in the first you know, season. I didn't even know what her right, work dude. was. Yeah, but I mean, Aoyama was also very annoying. Like, Mina, like... She was just irrelevant. Like, I can't really say I she didn't, was... Like, I forgot that she was in the first season when I, when I first watched it. Honestly. Well, well, for, well first of all, uh, you can go screw yourself. Second, I, I... I just... She just... I... Okay, Aoyama just kind of... He came off as completely useless. He came off as annoying. Like, I just... When I saw a scene with him, I'm just like, ugh. But when I saw a scene with Mina, I'm just like, yeah... Because I knew she was gonna brighten up the atmosphere, like even if it was like for like a few seconds. You know what? Honestly, you know the sad thing? I noticed Toru more than I noticed Mina, and Toru's fucking invisible. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I noticed Toru a lot more too. She was just like clothing floating in the air. <laughs> Speaking of clothing, what do you, what do you guys think of the character design? Because I I have some points on there that I kind of want to discuss, and I'll go through them quickly. But it, it's. There was a lot of references that I have to other shonen shows and other comics and such. Um, we'll start with All Might. You know, it, it, he has the antenna, which makes him recognizable. I feel like when you're creating a Western comic book character, you have to make these things that make them recognizable, right? Like uh, Wolverine's claws or Cyclops' visor or, or Superman's iconic S on the front of his... Uh... Do you see what I mean? So I feel like he's got that. He's got he's got the ears... Uh, not the ears. He's got the antenna. It yeah, kind of yeah. reminds me of... Um, I don't know if you remember Thor, but Thor has on his helmet, he has the wings on the side of his helmet. Like I'm talking about Silver Age Thor. Oh, he, I love Thor. He reminds me a lot of that. Uh, if you if, if you guys see like those old comics, I'm a big fan of, of comics, right? So he's very reminiscent of Western comic book heroes, like, like Superman, or his modern costume reminds me of the Carol Danvers Captain Marvel suit. <clears throat> but I feel that even, even comparing them to Japanese superheroes, right? They're, Japanese superheroes are very like mech oriented like if we want to compare it to tiger and bunny um the characters are in these mech suits for the most part right um but he's in this skin tight <laughs> he's in this skin tight suit and it's like 
I don't know. Like, I, I kind of prefer his Silver Age costume. It feels very nostalgic in a way. Like, he's... I got, I kind of got a very Thor Silver Age vibe to it. Like, with the with the blonde hair and the red cape and the yellow and gold boots and the circles. And it, it like I said, the helmet wings remind me of the antenna. I don't know if this is a homage to um, Jack Kirby. I, I'm not sure what the, what the art direction was, but it did feel very Silver Age comics. Like, I... Mm. I wouldn't be surprised because you know that he is the incarnation of you know Murka in MHA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he is. Right. But uh, at first I was thinking, oh, mate, he's he's really Captain America style. But looking more at it, he's he's a total Thor. Um, I, I don't know. I think in terms like, of design, in terms of design, yeah. Because mm. it, I'm not sure if you'd like to take a look at his his Thor Silver Age design, like back in the day. No, I know, it, I know what you're talking about. It does yeah, remind the me colors a lot of match up as well. It does a lot. And then his more newer design reminds me of Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, the new Captain Marvel, or, or Captain America. So they, they, it kind of shows that, you know, transition between old style and new style. And and kind of moving on from him, I want to go into Deku. Loved his costume. I feel nothing really came to mind in terms of um, reference. But his, um, I'm glad that, that Kachan blew up his helmet. His helmet fucking sucked. It was by... It was too much. It was a meme. It was a meme. It was, it was a meme, but it reminded me, and this is where I'm going to go into the Pokemon shit. It reminded me of Mimikyu. I'm not sure if you guys know Mimikyu from Pokemon. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of Mimikyu. So, I, I, you know, the rest of his costume is great. I like the skin tight green, the mint green. It, it works really well with his hair and his shoes as well. Like he, we I, Have you noticed that he wears those red shoes all the time, even in his outfit? Um, that, that's kind of what I get from it. I think the colors work well. Uh, especially his hair and I, I feel like the fact that he has a plain sh suit allows for his character to s to shine more i feel like that um but yeah uh, and, and speaking of pokemon as, as well let's go into um, kachan who's basically cyndaquil do you know cyndaquil, a fucking right? pissed off cyndaquil <laughs> that's basically cyndaquil like that's that's what i wrote down here um and then as i mentioned Ida sky high but Ida has this kind of studio sunrise vibe to it do you see what i mean because he's he's the only character that that is a mech right the, effectively in terms of his his costume design yeah yeah he's more traditionally japanese japanese in his design. yeah japanese superhero it, it's kind of cool to see more japanese designs coming through especially with shoji oh my god oh my god you know you know shoji right the tent tentacle guy hi ryu hayabusa he reminds me a lot of ryu hayabusa from dead or alive and ninja gaiden Purple boy. I want to get onto the two, the two, and this one actually I wrote most notes about Minata and uh, Sato. Going into Minata, his costume is very simple, and it, these are the references that I find uh, they're making references to other Shonen Jump manga. Minata with Dragon Ball Z. I feel that he's a very clear reference to Majin Buu with the cape and the yellow gloves and the white bellowing pants and the yellow boots. It's, it's very Majin Buu uh, to me. And another Shonen Jump is Sato. I'm not sure if you guys remember Ultimate Muscle. No, not me personally. I remember it a lot because I had it in the UK on Toonami. Ultimate Muscle, specifically Kid Muscle within that. It was it was a Shonen Jump um, show. So the mask with the hair coming out from the mask and those massive dumb lips just reminded me a lot of Kid Muscle. I don't know. I, there were Those were the, the kind of... How do you say references that I had? I didn't really have much to say about the costumes. Uh, I mean, with regards to the references, because you know, like I, I'm not that much into superheroes, right? I didn't really uh, grow up, you know, with Dragon Ball and all that. But the one thing that 
did strike me was Ojiro's design, and I was really surprised o- actually that you didn't. Who's Ojiro? Uh, Monkey Kid, because I was like, yo, Sun Wukong. Right, he didn't remind me of Sun Wukong. You know, what he reminded me of he reminded me of Squirrel Girl mixed in with Luke Skywalker. And forgive me for saying Luke Skywalker, but you know that robe that Luke Skywalker ro- wore in the Star Wars films, like the white mm, robe. Yeah, the, the white one, right? He, yeah, he has like a karate uh, robe karate as well. kid type thing. So it reminded yeah. me of that. That's that's what I said, but. I don't know. Maybe people would disagree, but yeah. uh, he wasn't standing out to me. Just mainly because his quirk wasn't stand out. He's he's basically a squirrel. Joe, what did you notice uh, with regards to character design? Do you have any notes? Really, I don't want to talk about any design specifically. I just really want to talk about the designs in general, like something like things they shared. Like something, the biggest thing I noticed is that so there were there were a lot of characters that like as far as character development is concerned weren't all that significant. But if I have to applaud the show for anything, like, it's just the designs for each character were so, like, unique. Like, each character stood out in their own way, and that's what I really like. Like, I hate it when characters look the same, because then it's difficult for me to remember them. And, like, it doesn't give me much of a reason to care about them. But because the, because the characters were designed in such a way that they all, like, stand out and are, like, so colorful... I felt like there isn't, like, a single character that I just do not remember. Like, each character is memorable they're to they're me. They're just visually stunning, right? So even if, yeah, even if their actions don't necessarily stand out, their appearance does, right? Right, exactly. They have, like, a lot of color to them. Like, they're, a lo- all their outfits are, like, insane. Like, they're, like, they, they stick contrast. out. And it's great. Yeah, yeah they, they're, they're contrast. Like, there isn't one costume that looks the yeah. same as the other. There isn't one like character design that looks the same as the other. Even though we had a lot of tertiary characters who were just there for the first season, yeah, I agree. I don't feel that uh, any of them felt like you know background characters in terms of design, right? Uh, there was never one moment where I was right, like, sure. "Wait, who's that character again?" You know, I've never confused two of them because they're so drastically different in terms of their quirks, right? But also their hero costumes are really well designed, right? And that's one of the strengths yeah, right. of the art style of this show, right? Just the way that um, each of the characters stand out, right? Uh, the way, you know, but also the atmosphere of uh, of My Hero Academia, right? I find that the cities feel alive and stuff. He, they really make, they really do a good job of bringing the city to life, right? And making um, it feel believable, right? So. That's one, definitely one of the plus sides to the art style, in my opinion. One thing I do have to add, though, is that it's great. I really like the colors they use. They're really popping, right? And that's it's really important for hero costumes, but also in action scenes, right? The only nitpicky thing I would have to say is that I wish there was a bit more distinct... Uh, I, I guess inking is the correct term to use in this case, but... Uh, bit more distinct lines right to for the contours the characters you know to just to make them stand out more from their environment right that would help with action scenes too now i'm thinking of attack on titan or one punch man right where those shows also have great art right but they're also renowned for their style right those thick lines with contours really make those characters pop off the page right Exactly. It's just, it's really all about the, just how the characters are drawn and how they're like brought to like the big screen. Mm-hmm. 
like I think I think the best part about it too was that like the the anime does a very good job at replicating the manga's original design. I I think that's really that's uh, that's the biggest thing is because it's like Studio Bones too. Like they they tend to be very faithful Absolutely. to their works. One thing that I wanted to mention, you were talking about having them pop out on the page, but I feel that the anime does a lot more other things that that kind of have them stand out. Yeah, and, it and adds color. Not so much on the color, but I feel like in terms of how the characters are drawn, at the, at the beginning I did note, and one thing that kind of put me off the anime initially, um, other than the hype, was the character design, like the art style, sorry, of the characters. The fact that they had these massive eyes, these big heads, and quite skinny bodies in comparison. <laughs> like They look like bubble heads <laughs> at one point. And then they have these massive hands. And I thought, why? It, it freaks me out to see people with, with, you know, basketball players' hands. Like, did you see what I mean? Like, it's reverse <laughs> Trump, effectively. So, All right. What? Like, yeah, you know how Trump has Excuse you know how Trump has small hands? This is like the, the opposite of that. Like, the, these are massive hands. And, um, it's like gorilla hands, I, I, you know? The gr- yeah, it, it, it freaks oh, me out. Like, you, I, I learned to realize why that was whilst watching the anime, and I feel that like if I was reading the manga, I wouldn't have understood why the hands were so big. <coughs> but the reason being is because there's a lot of hand-to-hand combat. So they want you to focus on that combat. So they make those hands a lot more distinct on the characters so that you your your eyes are drawn to you know what's happening, where the punches are being, uh, uh, are being hit, mm-hmm. etc. I never really thought of it like that. Like that's something I noticed the the large hands, but I never noticed like its purpose. Yeah, I mean, come to think of it, uh, I only really noticed that with All Might, really. But yeah, you do make a good point that it does, considering how much uh, you know close quarters, you know, battle scenes there are. Yeah, uh, especially with Aizawa and stuff, it really makes uh, it, it emphasizes the the intensity of the action. But another thing that I think really complements uh, the show's pacing and its action scenes very well is the way that they handle the animation. It's so smooth and fluid, right? And what stuck out to me is, yes, battle scenes, but particularly ones with explosions, smoke, fire. So specifically ones where you have Bakugo, right? It's just uh, something about the explosions in particular. I think are just so well done, right? From the way that the smoke, you know, starts spreading out from the explosions, right? It feels really realistic, and it gives battles more of that oomph, right? And it pairs very well with Bakugo's very aggressive and destructive style, right? Uh, and one scene in particular that I took a note of was when Bakugo goes fucking all out, right, in his battle against Deku, right? He uses like his ultimate ability, and the fucking building just disappears, right? It's really in moments like that. Or in like the f- last scene, right? We already mentioned, you know, the huge flurry of punches between All Might and Nomu, right? Where there's extremely rapid movement, right? They're just punching each other, right, to death, and um, you're really given the impression that these characters are moving, you know, faster than the speed of light, right? They're just, it's it intensifies the action, right? But it doesn't feel choppy, and so it feels very movie-like, right? Cinematic. Well- what I wanted to mention about that scene in particular was it was very reminiscent of um, Fist of the North Star, especially mm. you know when when he's throwing Ken, you know Ken like like those those kind of moments. It felt like that, and the fact that Nomu's body <laughs> from taking all of those punches kind of swelled up. It, it, 
but he sw his body swelled up. There was a delay, and then his body swelled up. It kind of reminded of of you know that meme, uh, "Omai wa moshindeiru." You know, you know, you're already dead. Nani? It, it kind of reminded me <laughs> of that. Yeah, so it's it, it's those kind of moments, and especially oh my god, you mentioned the fluidity, and I I like how they were they weren't dropping frames when they were punching. Do you see what I mean? Like if imagine if they had dropped some frames whilst the punching would happen, it would look so choppy and so like I don't know how to explain it. Like it looks so out of place, but it was so fluid, and I, I can't help to think that there was a three D no, animation sequence during that because it it does. It does. There's no way someone can draw that many yeah. frames it, to to maintain that smoothness. It, it really adds to you know the ambiance because you really get the feeling that holy shit, these guys are moving crazy fast. They're actually superheroes, right? It, it complements uh, the action very well and the characters as well, right? Like I said, for Bakugo and All Might specifically. Uh, did a really good job. Um, there's there's another thing that I want to mention, and it's more so a gripe, but there is... We were talking about 3D animation just briefly, but there are some moments where I feel that I'm taken out of of the immersion, uh, particularly when they do these 3D shots of the buildings in the anime, and one one came to mind. It was towards the end. It was the final scene. I think it was the final scene of the season when they go back to the school and a disgusting 3D model, and I'm like... You could have done that in 2D and it would look amazing. But the fact that you've done it in 3D and it doesn't look properly rendered and it... Do, do you know, like, shitty CGI from the 90s? That's what it looked like. And for me, it was a bit disappointing. And it put it kind of put a downer on, on that end episode, right? Like, you would expect that, that scene especially. I understand what they're going for in the way that they've panned that camera shot. But that is supposed to generate hype and it just decreased the hype for me just because... The 3D was so noticeable and coming from that 3D background, like, I hate that. I really do. And that's like my one bane in anime. I didn't notice much of the 3D. Well, a, lot, a lot of the 3D was good, but I feel it, it says a lot. The fact that you didn't notice a lot of the 3D, it means that it was good 3D animation, right? And when you don't notice it and when, it's, when it blends in. Oh, yeah. I mean, when it like it's it's it blends well with like the animation itself. Like sometimes, like a lot of the time, three D animation just it, it doesn't sticks out work like a too well when it's used. And maybe as it sticks out, yeah, it sticks yeah. out in Though, the worst funnily way. Funnily enough, now that you guys like you know mentioned that, um, come to think of it, the only time that I noticed uh, CGI being used, right, was in the entrance exam arc. Right, with the big robots and whatnot. And, you know, I, I know that I said that usually when you notice the 3D CGI, it's mm. bad. But in this case, it I was think it's hit and pretty miss. well done. I right? could have been, I've seen better, but uh, I, I feel that the 3D aspect of it really added um, to the scale of the monsters, right? Because they used CGI for the giant robot, you know, the one with the zero points that Deku smashed to pieces, right? The 3D uh, effect really made it more imposing, right? And made it contrast with the cityscape, right? It made them... It made the, the robot really tower over all the students, right? So it really added to the scale. So it could have been blended in a bit more, but I think that they were trying to make it contrast, right? To give you uh, that effect, right? To make it more imposing. Yeah. But moving on now to the music, right? I really want to talk about uh, the way that the music is fit into this anime. Specifically the opening because 
everybody that I've talked to, they always talk about the opening, right? Because it's so goddamn hype. Okay. Right. Um, I'll not, I'm not going to lie. It's one of the openings, one of the few openings that I've never skipped. Right. Wow, Sometimes, like, even if coming. I don't watch it all the time, I'll always have it running on the background while I type up my notes, for example. But I never skip it because the music is just so ener- just energizing. You say run. This feels so you know, good. I do want to say about the OP. And the ending is that they're both fantastic, you know, and they generate a lot of hype for the show, as you do mention. And what I did like m- more about the OP was the animation behind it, uh, was the fact that they were using all of the characters and their quirks and they were showing them off. And the fact that it was showing you the um, it's showing you the fight scene, you know, the Nomu fight scene. Yeah, 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 it was showing you the Nomu fight scene, but it kind of to me, I didn't think. Usually when they show that in, in those kind of shows, you think that's what's to be expected. But the fact that you didn't see Nomi before and the fact that they actually blacked out the background. I'm not sure if you realize that, but if you go back and see it, the background is black. So it looks like they're fighting in this kind of um, kind of void. So it, to me, it looked like a shot that they done just to test the animation and whatever. But it's actually the same shot that they use in the Nomu fight. So it kind of when I saw that, it generated more hype for the fight. Um, the music is not the best. Music is not the best for the OP. I prefer the ending, but the reason why I prefer the OP overall is because the ending felt lazy in comparison because it was just um, Deku running for the whole time and then they were putting in these like screenshots or what or what do you call them, uh, still frames, and they were cutting it in. And I feel that the, e- the ending, because it is a much better song, deserves better video animation. That's all I have to say. I feel like all in all, the OP and yeah. the ending were great, great songs. I feel it's like... Well, because the OP showed a lot of... Like, it showed a lot of, like, action. It, it, it basically... The OP on its own basically describes what kind of show this is supposed to be. And I feel like the ending just kind of like... I mean, it was a lot more personal. It was a lot more personal ending. But even then, we didn't see much besides, like, young Deku... Like this, like holding it, like playing around with his all might yeah, figurines. It's it's, it's, it's I mean, it was animation. cute. Like that's pretty much but, what it is. It to me, it's just lazy. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't take note of the ending for that reason. I didn't. I mean, it was okay, but I, it didn't really stand out to me. Right. So I never really listened to it. Right. It was completely overshadowed by the opening for me. And I find it strange that you don't like the opening song. Because for me, it's just it gets me pumped every time, right? And no, it friend, gets me like, pumped. I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying I prefer the ending more than the opening in terms of music. Okay. Uh, look, both of those songs they're in my gym pay- playlist now. Like it's something that if they're, if they're selling it on iTunes, I'm definitely gonna buy it. Like it's it's on that level. Like I want to invest money into that whole OST. And more so the opening and the ending. I mean, the opening was very, like, exhilarating. I'll give it that. Like, honestly, like, I, I don't know. I, I like, honestly, the opening is is easier for me to remember. But, like, if you, like, I, I remember the opening a lot more than the ending song. Like, honestly, I, I can't even remember what, how the ending song went. But if I listen, like, if I can, like, I'm, I can hum the, like, the opening song, like, right now if I wanted to. Like it's it's like it's just because it because of just how like energetic it is how it like makes you like excited for the next episode, you know what I mean? Like the ending doesn't really give me that same excitement. It just feels like an ending. Like it doesn't mean like oh my I'm so excited to see how this next episode's gonna go. 
but the opening is like you know like when he when it like shows all these characters like fighting and like doing these different things it just it it, it makes you wonder like oh what they're gonna do this time yeah no it, it gets you pumped for, for every single episode right just because it's so well done in terms of the animation because the song too like i mean it stands out to me because i always remember this one specific moment of uh of the op right and that's when they have deku and bakugo right facing one another right and there's like the contrast between them their young selves and their old selves i just find that I don't know. It it blends a lot of good action, but also presents the characters very well as well. Right? As well as the relationships, as we, as we saw with you know All Might and Deku, but also the rivalry that's going on between Deku and Bakugo. Just a very solid, you know, blockbuster caliber. And uh, sorry, not ending, opening overall. Right. For me, there's a number of um, of themes that kind of stand out, and you say, "Run!" Oh my God. When I saw when I saw him running when it started playing, then all my jumping in. This is when I first heard it. I don't know. For me, I was I, I want to mention this like the music and I, I I was watching this anime when I was at the gym, right? So I was working out, right? So the music when I heard the music, it made me want to pump iron a lot more. It was like, man, I got put more energy into this. It gave the music and the animation itself gave me energy. Like it, it came to the point where I was at the gym for five hours. I marathoned the show the first time watching it and I didn't even take a fucking break. Like I was that engaged. It, it says a lot about its opening and uh, it's not it's not just its opening. It's it's uh, OST to be engaged to that point where it, it's now permanently on my gym playlist. Like if I want to if I want to feel like All Might, I listen to You Say Run. I listen to, you know, that My Hero bit, like My Hero, dee, 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 dee. or the training song, which is a bit, which is a bit weird. The training song is like on that banjo, like like that. That is so unique. The fact that they use all these different instruments, it kind of reminded me of how how varied Tempest's music was. Although Tempest was classical, but I mean, it was a varied soundtrack in the sense. So, I don't know. I, I don't know maybe if it's the same studio uh, that worked. Because I know it's the same studio for the animation. But I'm not sure if they they got the same people to do the music as well. But it does seem that it might be the case. Different people. But yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. It really feels reminiscent of the way that it was used in Tempest. It's like, it feels iconic. Mm. Like, it, it's like it's iconic like to My Hero Academia. Like, it, it kind of fit, it fits. It's like just the the story like this the brand itself like it screams like my hero academia this is something you can only hear in my hero academia and i think that's what make it that's what makes it stand out so much like i i mentioned it before like when when deku was like trying to save Oshako, he jumps up and then like while he jumps up and punches the giant robot and while all that's happening like you say runs playing in the background like it like the action scenes are timed well with the music too it's like when like something really big happens the music like spikes up and it just feels amazing like seeing everyone's like shocked faces like see like just seeing the like deku or all might just finally landing that final blow like it it, it feels great it's a feeling you can't really explain, but, like, makes you feel so positive. It does, it does. I mean, I find the music in the show, right, it, it, it's so, it's flexible, because it, 
it's there to complement the emotional moments, right? But also the action, right? It's for every sort of scene, there is an answer to it in the OST, I find, right? And that's what's well, one of the, the strong points, honestly, right? No matter what kind of scene that you pick, you always have this distinct soundtrack to go along with it. Like a lot of shows can have like a unique soundtrack, but they can still sound like very similar to like, you can still sound like somewhat similar to other like tracks. However, like I feel like My Hero Academia songs like encourage that feeling of like of getting excited of like being prepared for this like ex insane moment. It works well with the animation and in the end creates something that's just so memorable and so satisfying. Another thing that I, I think complements uh, the, the action in this show is really the way that they designed the sound right so aside from the music goes along with the battles with the sound effects as well i'm not gonna lie i don't really usually take note of this in uh, yeah for sound effects usually like you know i find them to be okay or whatnot but they never really you know strike me but in my hero academia i find that you can really tell that they spent a lot of time making sure that sounds are realistic Right, and that really shows in the final arc, right? When you have all of those battles going on, right? Uh, I find that you know whether it be the the electricity that Kaminari releases to Momo's weapons clashing when she fights, right? To you know Nomu's growls, right? They're fucking terrifying and they're beastly. Yeah, <laughs> not not quite like that, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, um, they really do an amazing job at immersing the viewers into the combat scenes with the sounds right and that's that's what they're there for right i find that um they're really well done it adds the realism of uh mha's universe honestly i don't know if you guys noted anything else about the sound effects but that's what i took away from first season here i mean i didn't really think about the sound effects what until you really brought it up Honestly, it's not something that really stood out to me, like, for that reason. It's just, it, I didn't really, like, think about it until you mentioned it. Because I don't really, like, expect really good sound effects when I watch a show, but that's not to say the show doesn't, it's just something I don't really expect. But, uh, what about you, Bish? Like, what do you think of, like, the rest of the audio? Uh, same, same sort of thing in terms of the audio. I think I really, really enjoyed the, the sound design. Um, that was used. I didn't necessarily notice it, but I feel that it says a lot about it. Like some, you don't like. I, I mentioned. I think one in one of the first Kunai episodes, I mentioned. Imagine an anime without music or without you know sound effects or whatever. If you're watching it silent, it, it it's not the same. So I feel that there's a lot of things behind the scenes that are also doing wonders for the show, and uh, that's all I have to say about it. But overall, though, yeah. guys, uh, I want to know. Now we usually talk about gripes and grumbles at this point but personally for me i think that i've said most of mine right like in terms of the characters they're all really solid in terms of design some of them are annoying like mineta but that's a very small portion of the cast most of the cast feels really well rounded right um a lot of them have even side characters like two have potential and stuff right in terms of the music's very solid we've got solid main characters right personally i can't really say that I have any, uh, you know, true critiques for, for this show, honestly. It feels kind of awkward to bring it up, right? So they're small nitpicky things, but... It's true. It does. 
it's it's not something that we've ever done on Kunai, like not have these kind of gripes and grumbles for the show. That's not to say that the show is not perfect. There's, there's by any means, it's not a perfect there show. There are any fatal flaws. I don't right? see that no, there is anything heels, yeah. for me to. Cr- yeah, there's nothing that is I- exactly. There's nothing much that I can critique it, and I I kind of want to go more into should. Do you want you guys want to see a second season? Hmm. I'm presuming you guys have already. Well, seen I mean, the, I mean the, the ending of the but, the first season um, does set up the second season pretty damn well. I thought, yeah. With the, again, the final arc is just so solid with all the action. Right, it gives you a good taste of what the full potential of this show is. Right, because at the beginning it's kind of slow. Deku isn't at his full potential. Right, he's not quite there yet. Uh, but once the ball gets rolling, it starts fucking rolling. It's all. Yeah, it's one of those cases where, like, the show's flaws are almost always like overshadowed by everything it does right, and I feel like that's what kind of helps My Hero Academia maintain its momentum. Yeah. So you know, considering everything that we've talked about today, uh, I don't know what is your overall opinion of the anime, right? Would who would you recommend this to? Because for me, uh. I think is one of the few times, or might be the first time on Kunai actually, where I can confidently say that I could recommend this show to anyone. Honestly, this is like uh, the gateway show, I think, because it's it it's got a bit of all genres, right? Really solid action. People love superheroes, right? Marvel's huge, right? So I think that this is a this is familiar but unique at the same time, right? It shows the best sides that uh, shonens have to offer. Right, so it's very flexible. There aren't any, again, fatal flaws to it that I think might turn people off, right? Unless you're just not into the setting. But even if superheroes don't particularly interest you, right? I like to think of what Bish said at the beginning of the episode, right? He wasn't really super keen on jumping on the hype train either, but just the strength of the characters, right, pulls you in by itself. So I think that, you know, this is a show that anybody can pick up, whether you're familiar with anime or you know, a veteran, right? It's just very flexible. Yeah, if you're, like, new to it or if you've, like, watched it for a while, it's, like, it has a lot to mm. offer for you. Mm. You know what I think this is? I think, I know this sounds a bit dumb, but I think this is even, I don't want to go, I want to go at one point further. I think this is the kind of show that you can watch with your fat, like, with your mum. Like, do, do you see what I mean? Like, your, your parents, I think, would even enjoy this show. Yeah, it's, yeah. It just... Make sure that your your parents turn away whenever Mineta shows up on screen. You know, that's a bit less family friendly. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> no, you, you can you know you can do what the Arab countries do. You can get, like download the anime and then cut it out, like yeah. cut out all the Mineta. Honestly, stuff. I wouldn't mind if they cut out Mineta. Oh completely. my god! If that isn't the most relatable thing I've heard like all year, then I don't know what is. I I really did enjoy it. I think overall opinion, I. I like this is done close to it and usually i'm not into shonen shows at all as 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 mentioned in the past on kunai but this has a little bit of everything and i feel that is very welcoming to new new viewers of anime of people who are just getting into anime for the first time i mean joe do you have anything to add i i i give it 10 smashes out of 10 well would you give it a texas smash or like a North Dakota smash, though. No, I, I, you know, I'd give it, I'd give it a United the States of a smash. Yeah, I mean that, that's a bit later, but I mean, if you've watched the first season and you're listening to this now, like, go watch the second season and third season, or read the manga. Honestly, I know we're not supposed to bring that up here, but 
Um, just both are so great, right? But, you know, if you can't wait for the show to be released every week, check out the manga. It's one thing that I did want to say, like, it's also one of those kind of shows where you can, like, a lot of people have seen it, you can get into conversation very easily. Like, I was at work the other day, and I, I spoke to one of my colleagues, and, and they're like, oh, dude, you watch anime? I was like, yeah, man. I, I said, okay, you watch My Hero Academia? He was like, yes, man, Todoroki's best girl, like, like, even though Todoroki's not a girl, but he's like, oh, Todoroki, best character. And I'm like, come on, come on, all right. So it, it, it's a kind of show, like, it's that kind of gateway into anime, and I feel that it's very accessible, very accessible. So because of the fact that it's mainstream, but in the past, I would have avoided it. I mean, it's mainstream, but, like, now I have never heard anybody say anything bad about My Hero Academia. Everyone I've talked to who watches it says they love it. It's not like Attack on Titan. I feel that, you know, like there are very few for, for a good reason. Not to say that AOT is, you know, doesn't deserve the hype, but, you know, w with MH in particular, I find that it, uh, it is very deserving of the praise that it gets. It doesn't rest on, you know, on its laurels, right? But overall, guys, I mean, I think that we had an amazing discussion on the characters and especially the characters, right? Which are the testament. <laughs> yeah, which are the testament of this show, right? So thank you to you guys, but also we'd like to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to this episode. And what you guys think? If you want to share your thoughts on this episode, the podcast, or give some much appreciated feedback, you can leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Alternatively, you can also send us a message directly through our website at www.getalifepodcast.com contact, or you can come chill with us on our very own Discord server by checking out www.com, oh, sorry, www.getalifepodcast.com Discord for our link. That being said, guys, uh, Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I guess, Bish, would you like to tell our listeners what they can expect from our next episode? Next time on Kunai, we're going to be talking about the world God only knows. It's a Manglobe anime. R.I.P. Manglobe. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening. But before we leave, of course, we got to leave you our Twitter handles in case you want to shit on us for our choice of best girl and whatnot you can contact me at tolray at t-o-l-v-r-a-i-e oh um sorry i almost forgot my my twitter at get a life podcast it's always been the same uh yeah and mine is the always the same at kibo gamer k-i-b-o-u-g-a-m-e-r all right guys thank you so much for listening and until next time stay sexy i guess see you guys stay sexy <laughs>
But that's what Shogi is. Shogi is the idea of shooting lasers out of your butt. So now everyone's gonna say, oh, you know what? Butt lasers are much cooler than dick lasers. No, dick lasers are cooler, alright? Because they are cooler. Man, you guys have some fucked up taste, man. Anyways, I know I don't judge, you know, you guys fap to what you guys want to fap to, right? Um, I mean, I mean, if you have dick lasers, then how do you pee? Well, you can turn it on and off. It's like, what, you think every time he touches his belly button, he, he, he shoots out a fucking laser? You guys are fine about talking with dick about dick lasers, but shoe pisses you off? What? No, Kev- no, no, Kevin, stop, stop, stop. <sighs> Bitch, continue. This this discussion needs to continue for like a minute longer. Joe, it's it's kind of like it's not Cyclops. It's not like he he whips out his dick and then just the lasers come out of his dick. No, he can control his dick lasers. It's it's like no, hey, you don't know no, that. No, 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 no. His quirk no, could be uncontrollable. He control, if he can control his his belly button uh, belly button uh, laser, he can control dick lasers if he had it. All right, Joe. The anime confirms. Yeah, but then it. he'd have to put like machinery on his dick, and he'd have no, this he like huge he bulge. Well, that might look good for him. Like I don't know, man. But like, it's not going to be that big. Like the naval laser is big. He doesn't need to have a. You know, but like, it, it, it's fine if you have it on your butt because then people can call you thick. But if you have it on your dick, then it just makes you look yeah, like you have a really big any, dick. Did anyone ever complain about having a really big dick, Joe? Name me one. Name me it one can be person. too big. Don't, Name don't, one person. Do not that argue with me on this. Dick, There's such a thing as too no, big. Joe. No, there is not. Have you ever met Kevin? Look, let, I want you to get like. Would you be angry? No, no. Would you be, I am. No, Kevin probably has a micro dick. Kevin has the biggest dick here. That's why he's he's just not talking about it. But if let's leave my let's just not like let's just leave dicks out of this conversation, guys. Uh, I mean, it is a shonen yeah, show. Laser, let's keep, let's think of the better. children. What, right, not what? that way, you sick fucks. I mean, like, let's think. <laughs> let's con- be considerate yeah, of the yeah, children. Yeah, bitch, don't don't talk about dicks <laughs> in my Christian podcast. <laughs> Christian channel. Oh, okay, cool. cool. Not to ma- not to mention your quirk is actually really cool. Like, just kind of being half frog. That's inconvenient, though. Imagine having a sticky tongue and trying to, I don't know, like fucking eat Cheetos, man. Like, no, you no, fuck. you get you get all the dust on your tongue, so that means extra yeah, flavor. So would, that's it good. Would be, Imagine trying to no. Imagine trying to like brush your teeth and shit. You know, like your your toothbrush would get stuck in your tongue. That would suck, man. Imagine how fucking unclean that is, though. Like, holy shit. How bad is your breath? I mean, that could be a second quirk for you know, just fucking breathe <laughs> on people. You know the amount of shit that she. I mean, they probably have ways to like adjust to their yeah, quirks. They pro- she probably has a special toothbrush. <laughs> you know, if you know how like uh, superheroes have sponsors. <laughs> I, I bet her sponsor is gonna be like fucking Listerine or something. <laughs> No, she's green too, right? So it's like, yeah, it goes hand in hand, you know, it's perfect. <laughs>